Heads up, in the epic conclusion of the Twilight Saga, John and Sebastian invite Lauren Kitsune to gab about convenient powers, beheadings, and bonfire babies as they battle it out on Here's Why It's Great. Welcome again to Here's Why It's Great, the podcast where we take what you hate and tell you why it's great. I am your host, John Bring. And I'm Sebastian Kavlicek. And boy, howdy, do we have a treat for you folks today. We are doing Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2 to round out the series and to do so to help us on this final journey. And to also take us to task over the entire series, we have a very special guest for you. She's the product manager at DeviantArt. She is also a devout Twihard. We're talking to Lauren Kitsune. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. Like I'm, I've been looking forward to this so much. I want your, I want all of your thoughts immediately, but I'll wait. Oh no, it's going to be so hard. We're going to want to jump around a lot because there's so much to talk about. Not only are we going to be talking about the final part of the series, but we're also going to talk about the series as a whole, what our feelings are on it. Uh, but before we talk about that, I want to talk about you, Lauren, sure. a little bit. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about DeviantArt. So I'm a product manager at DeviantArt, as you mentioned. I've worked here for nine or uh, ten years. And yeah, I, I do things. I know things. I make buttons appear in places that you might need them. Oh. I take buttons away if you hate them. Just tell me. On, on the it. website, right? Or just around the office, you just <laughs> your, put buttons. Like, on your double-breasted suit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll smash that you're, right You're out. a tailor. Okay. And what is DeviantArt as a whole? We call ourselves the Facebook for artists because that's a short way of describing it, but we were around before them, so... Oh, no big deal. You know? The true innovators exactly. of Facebook. Like. So Mark Zuckerberg should be calling you guys up, giving yeah. you billions of dollars. I've got some opinions. Okay. Okay. Well, we can <laughs> we can talk calls, about that off air. Facebook calls itself the deviant art of friends and family. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. So, what is your history with the Twilight series? Please this let us how, know. This is how I introduce myself at parties, by the way. <laughs> you know? So, yes. Yeah, so, I was not, uh, as you've mentioned on this show, I, I was not the target demographic. I was closer because I'm a lady. I was still a little bit older, so uh, a lot of the books were already out by the time I heard uh, the magic of it, and I was hooked. I introduced my friend to it, and she couldn't stand it. She said, oh my gosh, this is just like being in high school again. Um, the chapters are literally the classes, so it's like eight-hour oh blocks and how Bella felt in them. And uh, she was like, "That this is hellish. I, I don't enjoy myself. But wow. for me, it just took me back. It was what I experienced in high school. It was the feelings. It was the, you know, shyness yeah. and the pining and the longing and yeah. biting lips. And I didn't do so much <laughs> oh, of that. But so much biting of the lip. Yeah, that did is. Did you breathe a lot? I did. Lot That's of, how I'm here today. A lot of stares. <laughs> yes. Now, was, was Edward in a lot of her classes? I just think the one that he had to try and... The science class. So, yeah. So, there was biology. a lot of, you know, what happens at lunchtime, what happens after, you know. Oh, like, right. Can't forget about lunchtime. That was yeah. very important. Yeah. Well, and in study hall, you can just, you know, run off to the woods outside and yeah. jump around, I guess. That's... Jump around, piggyback ride. Yeah. Were there were there a high cushion of piggyback rides in the books? No. Um, I actually... So, before I came, I looked up differences from the book and movie yes. uh, to, hope, to spark my memory because, again, it's been a while. 
And these websites were so detailed, it I just couldn't read them. It was too much. It was like, um, Edward does not call her a spider monkey in the book. I was like, oh, I didn't. Oh, That's, I mean, Edward was clearly wearing a uh, mauve <laughs> shirt that day and not a dark blue. So it's you, you, you're not exaggerating. That is what the wow. website. So, man, I feel, want to meet those people. Do you feel generally, because you read all of the books mm-hmm. and you've seen all of the movies, mm-hmm. do you feel? that one is superior to the other? Do you think the books are better? Or do you think that the movies really capture the essence of the books even more so than the written word? That's a okay. great question. So when you guys did the first episode, the Twilight episode, and you I, you did retract the things you said about Catherine Hardwick. I did. Um, I, did. So I backpedaled like crazy. I'll give you that. But I, when I was listening to the episode, I was uh, emboldened and ready to come talk to you guys because I just feel like she really captured. I, I didn't know about the budgetary restrictions. Mm. And so to me, it was amazing that she brought the page to life. It was one of the first times I can't, I can't remember had the first Harry Potter books came out around the same time that Harry Potter was first. Uh, yeah. Harry Potter came out. I think the books came out in like the mid nineties, mid okay. to late nineties. And then the first movie came out, uh, I want to say like 2000, 2001. Somewhere okay. In there. So that's significant. Okay. So for that one, I felt like this is pretty true to task that the books are pretty dense, but for, for Twilight, I just really thought it was exactly, it was how I pictured it in my head. Well, wow. that's, that's cool to hear because it's again, further vindicating Catherine Hardwick. Mm. And uh, and I have very much backstepped it. And something that we mentioned in our last episode that you haven't heard yet is the fact that she's the only director I felt like actually put a stamp, like a personalized stamp on these movies. Mm. Like the t- first Twilight movie really looks like its own thing. And then parts two through five all sort of look the same. So that's another point in her favor is that it really felt like it. And to hear that she translated it well is cool to finally find out. But we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Let's start by talking about that fifth movie, though. Because we just watched it. Lauren, you watched it what? I did. Last night? Last night. Started at midnight. Stayed it up very late. Mm -hmm. We really appreciate your dedication. I wish we could have all watched it together, holding hands, just experiencing it and really feeling it together. Breathing in. Because there's a lot lot to feel. (laughs) Even though we're watching the movie, we should stare at each other while we watch it and just bite our bottom lip and just let let the feelings go through us. In this movie, we have... Oh, boy. Like, where to even begin? It's not as weird as the last one. The last one was very disturbing. Yeah. There's the weird birth... There's Skeleton Bella. I don't know if Bella. I got an extended version or something, but there was a lot. There was a lo- She was dead for a long time. She was dead like, for a super long time. Like that looking, venom took its time. I don't like looking at those those legs, those skeleton Ooh, those legs. Those skelly legs. Mm-hmm. And them blood. sunken cheeks. Yeah. yeah. And that, that ghostly pallor. It's pretty gnarly. And they do cut back to that at the beginning of this movie. In fact, they give us a whole recap. Uh, right before we start, it's like a previously on Twilight, <laughs> right before we get into it. And we actually get a very lengthy beginning credit scene. Yes, yeah. the first of the series. Yeah, the first and only from what I can remember. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because it very much felt like an HBO show. Yeah, mm-hmm. it felt like a series was about to start. Like we were about to start, yeah, some sort mm-hmm. of premium TV show. Yeah, but obviously we, we wake up with Bella. Mm-hmm. And guess what, folks? She's a vamp. She's a vampire, guys. She's a bloodsucker. She's got those red eyes. I was really excited to talk to you because you mentioned something in an early episode about 
what is Carlisle just turned the most beautiful people? And it wasn't... I love that you're here to take us to task for everything. <laughs> no, that's why we brought her on. <laughs> I, I don't know how obvious it was. It was super subtle, but you, the color was returning to her hair. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she suddenly got makeup on with, yeah. through that's the what magic I said. of yeah. movies. But that was very stated in the books, was that the people were a little more uh, homely before they were turned. And they are so beautiful oh, because, because they're vampires. That's oh. really cool, actually. But that's sort of disproven by this movie because there's some uggos later on when <laughs> we meet like a ton of vampires. Just some... imagine how horrible they looked before. Oh, God. They must have been like hideous before then. <laughs> they were like Toxic Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now it makes a little bit more sense. So he, But he was getting some baseline attractive people, though. Am I right? I, w- I would say yes. I mean, come on. He's not like just getting any old schmo off the street. That's why he went Edward... and got Emmett, who was super swole. Yeah. He got Shakira, <laughs> aka Rosalie. Uh, Lindsay took me to task on pronouncing that, so I'm sure that annoyed you. Oh, you know. You know yeah, cool it's the way it is. She's like, that's the least of the things that annoy <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, come on, he's obviously picking hotties. I would say. And that, and that brings, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, how did, while we're on it, like, how did he choose? Like, for real, in the books, um, what was the sort of criteria for, I'll turn you Instead of, I mean, there's a bunch of people dying, especially around the time that uh, Edward was dying. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a ton of people that are about to die. Yeah. What What was his, like, oh, I'll save you and not you? you He's playing good, God here. You make you a know? good question. Yeah, it's probably the hotties. He just chooses the hotties. The hotties. Like, mm, mm. That's a 10. My- that's not. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, he doesn't go into that. I I thought it was the the person who's about to die and who has no other way to to come back, uh, like Rosalie in the yeah. In the back yeah, that one alley. made a little bit more sense because she was dying on the street. Mm. I guess Edward was dying. What was Edward dying of? Like cholera or something? I thought it was Spanish flu. I think. I think oh yeah, Spanish flu. He actually brings that up. Uh, so he was dying of Spanish flu. So and Carlisle at least was a doctor. So maybe yes. that's where that came from. But why did he choose? Not to sound like sexist or anything, but like, why did he choose other men? Why didn't he just... Because most of the other vampires we see later in the movie where it's like women and men together, it's like one man and like three gorgeous women uh, just living out in the wilderness together. Why did Carlisle get other dudes? If you're not comfortable enough to change, you know, somebody of your own same sex yeah. and gender. No, I, I get he's it. He's learned a lot over the years. Maybe I, he's I, fluid. Maybe he's not binary. Okay, so he was just, just ahead of the times in that way. It's, just, look, it's 2019... Things are different now. Yeah. And Carlisle, he had enough foresight to see that. He's like, I remember when it was not 2019, when it was mm. 19. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, now, I guess I will ask you this. In the timeline of things, do they really like explicitly like spell out when the different members of the Cullen family were brought in generally? I feel like they did because uh, Jasper had this big Civil War background. Was <laughs> yes. it the Civil War? Which uh. we found out in, I believe, Eclipse. Which he found out in Eclipse. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden has himself a Texas accent, which we covered. Now, did Carlisle have Esme as his mate while he was making all the rest of these people into vampires? I feel like I'm, it's, I feel like, wasn't Edward one of the early ones? So I feel like somebody came before Esme. Hmm. Uh, he just needed a bro. Go to the tapes. Exactly. He needed a wingman is what he needed. In eternal life, you'd need a bro. I suppose so. But then, man, he, do you think he regretted turning Emmett? Because that guy seems like a dummy. No, not at all. Oh, he seems like a real doofus He's like, to what me. did I do? <laughs> what a mistake, and now I can't tear his head off. <laughs> He's so strong. You need you need a strong guy. Really? That was his and, strength, right? I mean, is that his power? his power? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. 
I know we're like really coming at you with like <laughs> no, deep cuts. No, gosh, but... I should have read all the books before. In addition to the <laughs> yeah, movies. why didn't you, Lauren? Come on, jeez. Um, so back to the movie. Uh, so Bella's now a vampire, and she's very adept at it. She's jumping around. She's already she's a quick learner. Quick learner. She's containing her bloodlust almost immediately. Not so adept at raising a tiny newborn, you might say. A, from, a tiny computer-generated newborn. She ditches that kid yeah. immediately. But they also, I feel like Edward, does, at least in the movie, Edward does tell her, like, oh, not yet. Like, don't go see her yet. Mm. Oh, that's true. He, she did immediately ask about her. So yeah. after, of course, like, checking herself out in the mirror. Oh, well, she, I mean, was, she looked good. It was like <laughs> yeah. hashtag feeling myself Friday up in the Twilight <laughs> universe. She was feeling good. She was looking good. They put her in that nice little slinky dress. Mm. I didn't. I did like very much that they really, from her human life to her vampire life, upgraded her wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And they made mention of it. They're like, oh, Alice picked out all these clothes. But it really felt like... Kristen Stewart felt like a movie star at that point, mm. and she really was, and she looked it. She looked great in this movie. Mm. Like, it really, later on, Michael Sheen tells her that immortality, or whatever he calls it, becomes her. Truly, it did. Yeah. She yeah. looked great. Uh, and finally, I feel like Kristen Stewart felt like she had some meat to chew on in terms of the character a little bit more, because mm-hmm. this is the most engaged she was since the second movie, where she had the thrill-seeking adrenaline junkie version of herself Mm -hmm. this version she at least i don't know i guess she was trying to control her bloodlust trying to control her newfound abilities so it gave her more to do it's probably a lot more fun to do this movie than you know to play a vampire than to play whatever was going on with bella and i'm glad you're saying that because (laughs) i feel like she gets typecast or you know mocked from the twilight version of her which is you know breathy and and hesitant and shy and awkward where you know i feel like we see her range and having fun and being powerful and it's true that first version though is not not kristen stewart though (laughs) that is kind of her her typical thing like if you watch like that snow white movie or something that's it's like, oh, yeah, she's just a girl from 2018 playing, you know, <laughs> uh, back in medieval times. She's she's not really Snow White, but it's kind of fun to see her running around and doing her thing as a vampire, mm-hmm. I thought. And I liked how, in terms of things that are great, I really liked how they very quickly, as soon as she woke up, showed that she had heightened senses. Like, she's looking around the room, she's seeing things in fine detail, almost microscopically. Mm-hmm. It was a very quick way of showing... Oh, she's changed. She's mm-hmm. she's heightened now. She's yeah. more powerful now. Besides looking beautiful, she yeah. also has these things within her now. And like that vampire venom like gave her hella lashes. They were just popping. They looked good. <laughs> I was very impressed by that. Maybe she's born with it. <laughs> <laughs> How many times are we gonna make that joke? <laughs> Maybe it's vampirism. She does get to meet her baby eventually. Mm-hmm. She does get to Renesme. And Seb <laughs> You're you're gonna have a kid soon. Yeah. Lauren, yeah, yeah. you have a kid. Mm-hmm. Did Renesmee ever cross your mind as a possibility for a child name? It was definitely at the top for a long time. Right. <laughs> and then I saw this movie and I was like, oh, it's already been done. This is played out. Right. I don't know about you, Lauren. Was it- Awkward. Uh, no. So I, I did some research into what Stephanie Meyer said. And she said that she spent a lot of time on baby name websites. But how do you name the most interesting and unique baby in the world, you got to make up your own. So she, sure. she succumbed to that. Well, Fair point. Fair point. for better or worse, we'll say. <laughs> well, what is your opinion on the name Renesmee? Because obviously we think it's silly. What is your opinion on Renesmee? Definitely silly. I feel like it's, for me it's extra silly because I know how it was made. Like maybe if somebody introduced themselves to me and they were like, oh, my name's Renesmee, I'd be like, oh, okay. Hmm. But the fact that I know that they just 
sandwiched two yeah. names together. And like, oh, it's your mom and that's my a, mom. That's an like, excellent point. I was like, oh, that's dumb. Because <laughs> Renesmee on its own is kind of a pretty cool name. It's pretty comma cool name. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess, guess what else are you going to call her? Just like Amy? Not Nessie, apparently. Not, not no. Nessie. She gets real mad in a great you, acting moment. You named my... You you gave a nickname to my daughter from the Loch Ness Monster? That, yeah. that line actually uh, made me laugh out loud. <laughs> yes, it did. Uh, there are a couple of points where we felt like we had to rewind. There was one point where I, re- I actually did pick up the remote and I had to go see it again, which is coming fairly soon. Did oh. you have some? Oh, no. I thought you were going to. There's something at the end that, that I rewound several times to listen to. Oh, man. Well, I can't wait to hear what <laughs> yours is. Ours is. Oh, man. It's one of my favorite things I've ever seen committed to film. <laughs> but yeah, she beats up uh, Jacob because she finds out that, oh, shit, Jacob has imprinted on her kid. Which is weird. It's weird. Yeah. He imprinted on that digital baby. <sighs> man. That CG baby is yeah. the worst thing that's ever happened to anybody, especially me. They were like, if we can save money if we do a digital effect from the 90s. Yeah. Why, Lauren? Yes. I know why they did it. Yeah. Because they, it's a rapidly aging baby, and they want to be like, oh, look, the baby's face is the same as the 10-year-old actor's face. Mm-hmm. Um, what's her name? Mackenzie Foy. Foy yeah. But why? Babies don't look like they do when they're 10, like... I could argue that, sure, there are some similarities, but could they not have found a baby that just had the big, pretty eyes of this kid? It's more than the eyes. So you know how you watch Gilmore Girls and you see um, (laughs) Rory Gilmore and you say, you know what, you're talking like Amy Sherman Palladino. You're not talking like a a 13-year-old. You're talking like an adult. They needed that, but for a baby. So they needed like a mm. very worldly oh, eyes so meeting you, touching your face. Babies don't yeah, usually the, the touch weird, that. Yeah, the weird like early. motor control that that baby had freaked me out a lot. Sure. And also the hand seemed very large. It's supposed for, to for, freak you out. For a baby. Oh, it's supposed to. <laughs> I, got, I, I thought it was supposed to be like sweet. I definitely <laughs> understood. I think it was actually the previous movie though. Yeah, previous movie. Because Jacob is going to go kill the baby. And it looks at him. And catches his gaze mm. and that's not something that obviously a little baby can do sure. but i also thought could you not have just digitally altered the eyes to look at him that's rather a good than point. put an entire baby face yeah, yeah. on there it's, i mean it's choices no, it's, you're making it's funny choice. because it's all just choices in the same movie where kristen stewart's emaciated look looks so good so and good it's so convincing and then this baby which is such a bad idea Mm-hmm. But I, I suppose you're right. I suppose it is a an unreal quality about this kid that should be the case. It's just bad no, it's, CG. It's, unfor- bad. it's just unfortunate CG. Yeah. Maybe it looked better in the theater than it does on our TV. Yeah, did it? No, I didn't sir. see it. No. no. Uh, <laughs> no it's not that like high def TV effect where all visual effects look terrible. No, it was it was not great. Oh well, that's unfortunate. Sorry. That's unfortunate. <laughs> but you know, we have a quickly growing kid that like. Charlie doesn't seem to care about. Charlie finally gets to meet Bella through Jacob's uh, manipulation. Jacob reveals himself to be a werewolf. By the way, that scene <laughs> where Jacob's like taking his clothes off. One, it's the only scene where Jacob is shirtless in the entire movie, I think. It's the best it's scene. Like, yeah, it's pretty good. And they're like giving the ladies a little something, something. Thank but you. who else wanted that scene to like go in a different direction? If I you was know what I'm saying. a little concerned. Oh, no. a little concerned. I'm sure Charlie was like, uh, what? Oh, yeah, because he's underage. Whoops, sorry. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I was saying yeah, he's a that... Kid. He's like, uh, okay. he's All right. like 16 or something, right? Mm. Fair enough. Well, I was thinking Taylor Lautner's not 16. They're both grown men. You know, 
let's see where where life takes them. I, I know look forward that, to your fanfic. Exactly, that's where fanfiction comes in. <laughs> uh, hey, we could turn that into the next Fifty Shades of Grey. Who knows? <laughs> but obviously, Jacob does reveal himself to become as being a werewolf to Charlie. Charlie, who, by the way, last episode we talked about the woman who's hanging around, who we didn't understand the relationship. Apparently, they're together. Yeah, she's like shacking up with Charlie at this point. Life is, that, is like that sometimes. Life is like that. You don't you don't see it coming. Who is that person, Lauren? Do you I, know? I believe she's from the Res. Right. Um, the, well, yes. That, that's all I can... But is it like a big love story in the books that is not included in the movies? Is it like all on the cutting room floor? Not that I can recall. I think oh, sometimes boy. your dad just, just has a life of his own and one day you wake up and you got a new stepmom. Yeah. Oh, well, that Bella most certainly does because <laughs> that lady just moved in and she's an enabler. She's bringing him a beer like every scene. That she's is clearly a drunk. Yeah. yeah I don't know if we talked about that last in time. In a wedding, my goodness. Oh, Everybody yeah. laughs. Just... Yeah, he, oh man, he if he was on the straight and narrow, he fell off the wagon hard at that wedding because holy crap, he, he even says it like, let's get drunk, like immediately, that's the first thing he says, and I was like, oh shit, that was the, mo- the moment I realized Charlie's an alcoholic, everybody. Yeah, is, is that in the book? Do you remember? Like, or <laughs> he I wonder, did have lots of beer. I, w- I wonder if he like read the script or read the books, I mean, he may have done the research and read the books, this actor. Hmm. If you Billy the, Burke, I believe Billy was Burke, the name. Yeah, I was struggling to find that to remember that name. Billy, Charlie <laughs> in the movie, uh, Tom, he may have <laughs> actually made that as a choice of like, my guy is a recovering alcoholic. He lives in the Pacific Northwest. It's raining all the time. Not much to do. Divorced. You know, ha- just had his teenage daughter, who's a terror, come back to live with him. And he's, she's gone half the time. He doesn't yeah. even know where she is. He, yeah. Any time it's convenient for her, she's willing to just run off with yeah. whichever. So maybe he's like, you know what? All I got, all I can depend on, is this tall boy. This tall boy. That's all oh I yeah. Got. <laughs> it's always there for me until this woman shows up, and that's alcoholism, baby. And she's yeah. like, I can give you the tall boys. Oh. Like, well, this is even better then. Yeah. yeah. Now I got a you got fun a partner, uh, <laughs> someone to <laughs> to look pretty and to bring me beer. This is the life. Well. That at least sort of cleared it up. And I had to look it up. Uh, she's part of the Clearwaters, which mm. uh, the elder Clearwater is the guy who died uh, by a heart attack when he was attacked by Victoria in the second movie. Mm. And Boo Boo Stewart, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Warpath slash Thunderbird mm-hmm. slash Seth, mm-hmm. is his son, I guess, or his grandson, maybe. Uh, but anyway, Seth and Leah, who are both werewolves, they are also clear waters. Just saying. That's, so Bella, there's Bella, all sorts of lines there. Bella is about to be Bella uh, related to them then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by by marriage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's really what the Volturi should have been upset about. It's like this werewolf family is going to get married. It's the true Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. uh, getting married to this vampire family. They're going to have to like have reunions together yeah. like Christmas and Thanksgiving is going to be together. St. Patty's Day when everyone's getting drunk and the vampires are just sitting around. Certainly Charlie's going to be there getting drunk. Sure. The vampires <laughs> are going to be off to the side not drinking. Charlie's going to get mad of them, started a fight, and then everyone's dead. Uh, who among us hasn't had a family re- reunion like that? Exactly. I, that's true. That that's, rings true. I don't believe I've ever actually had one. I know <laughs> that there is one that exists from my mom's side of the family in Texas every year, and I have never been. You're missing and it. And I think if it had vampires and werewolves there, I would be there every year. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Are we there? We're at the point. Man, oh, man. Okay. Now we bring in the Vol- Voltori. Am I even yes. saying that right? Yeah, okay. I, I've like questioned myself every time I say the word. 
We go to the Volturi. Michael Sheen, whose character name is... Aro. Aro. Still so delicious. Ugh, so love it. Delicious. My my God, he's so big. Are they that big in the in the books? Are they supposed to be like Dracula, like Bella Lugosi playing to be, it? It's supposed to be scary and and looming, and he does play it more fun, which I appreciate. I would have totally missed that because they were never threatening to me. <laughs> they were just like a sideshow to me. Not even like long haired Joffrey over here. The long oh, you mean jo- young uh, Jonathan Rhys Myers? Uh, uh, Caius, I believe. Oh yes, that was Caius. his name. And isn't the third guy's name like actually like an ordinary name, like Tom? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah. Pretty sure. Which he has a oh, very interesting moment later goodness. in the movie that I loved. Um, but we do get the news now from Shannon from Lost, a.k.a. Oh, Maggie Grace, yeah, yeah. a.k.a. who Liam knows Neeson's what her... daughter. Who's? Liam Neeson. Liam, that's right. That's oh, right. yeah. Yeah, forgot about that. She comes in. She's like... With her own particular set of skills. Yes. <laughs> she's like, hey, y'all, there's an evil demon baby that got born by the uh, Edwards, the Cullenses. She thinks it's an immortal... Oh, right. Be- oh, because. Oh, my God. How did I forget my favorite moment in all of cinema history? We get the backstory. The reason why Renezme is seen as a threat is because if you make a baby a vampire, that little kid doesn't know when to stop. They got no impulse control. So they got to go. They got to be taken out. Yeah. And what do we see? Of course, one of our famous Twilight flashbacks. We go back to the olden days, Mm -hmm. a little baby kid, like a toddler, probably like a two, Mm three-year-old, and he's got just a pile of bodies in front of him, his mouth's covered in blood. He's been having a pretty big night. It's late. Yeah. Like, what's his bedtime? No. That's why he's so grumpy. Yeah. Yeah. Super grumpy. He's taking it out on all the villagers, and the Volturi show up, and they're like, oh, shit, bro. We got another little baby vampy. <laughs> we got to take this guy out. How do they? Well, first off, they take out the mother. Yeah. Because they're like, yeah. you done fucked up, girl. Yeah. Like, you can't just make a little vampire baby. Because I guess vampires can't have children. Yeah. I can't remember how the immortal children actually, if they're not half vampire, half human. I don't remember how. I, I well, guess I they're bitten. They turned, yeah, I think they turned them, but they're so young. Oh, I see. Yes. That yeah. they can't control themselves. Yes. Right. Which, which, let me just bring up a side note, which is how the hell has this been only, I guess, the second time, we'll come to find out, in, a, in thousands of vampire years where a human and a vampire have mated? I refuse to believe that. I refuse to believe that a vampire has not seduced so many women and had so many bastard children or female vampires. I guess if they can't have kids, they can't have kids. But Carlisle has got some bastard roaming around out there. Are we supposed to think that they that the human doesn't survive because the the baby cracked? Back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, yeah. Right. We're, so. we're yeah. saying the hu- the mother dies every time. Yeah, because Bella is special. So I think that the the women always die, whether they get pregnant or not. They will be dead, and I think most of them don't last that long yeah. because oh, I think the vampire right. just the like the vampire just kills them or sucks their blood or turns them. Like it never gets that far. Right, that's right. And they were basically able to keep Bella alive mm-hmm. because Carlisle's smart. Mm-hmm. Well, that clears that up. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I wanted to call bullshit on that because I thought <laughs> there's no friggin' way that there's not some. But I guess if it is that dangerous to a human, makes sense. But <laughs> we we have in my favorite flashback, Dakota Fanning shows up with her bros with uh, Justin Bieber, who's grown up quite a bit yep. in the last couple of movies. He didn't <laughs> appear in the, he didn't appear in part four, but he's back in part five. Yeah, changed his hair style. He's still got those chubby cheeks, though, my boy. And I guess it's her brother. 
Yes. Okay, and he has little smoke monster tendrils that can come out of mm-hmm. his hands now. Which he didn't really, do that before. Which really freaks out Shannon of course. from Lost. Yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, She's like, oh shit, <laughs> not again. They are tasked with taking out this little baby vampire. And what does she do? She picks up the baby and throws him on a fire. <laughs> Just bloop. There you go. Checks him on the fire like it's nothing. Like he's. Uh, that's what you rewound. That's what, we rewound. that's what I rewound. That was maybe it's upsetting to somebody who has a child. I, having no children, thought it was the funniest fucking thing I've seen in my life. Well, like the way she does it too. Like because it's the so mom cavalier gets, and casual. It's the, just the mom gets ripped apart, right? Like they're like, you shouldn't have made this little baby vampire. It's an immortal child. You've done wrong. They destroy her in the old-fashioned way. It's very dramatic. <laughs> very dramatic. And then it cuts to Dakota Fanning just, like, holding the baby, holding the little kid up as if to, like, kiss it. Yeah. Like, she's mm. holding it right in front of her. And Switch then she's just room. like, meh, and tosses mm. it and in. just like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's nothing. Like, you're tossing out a cup of coffee. <laughs> it was great. It was so good. Dakota Fanning, who has one line in this entire movie, by I the way. I did not know that. I, I, I looked it up last night, and I remembered Payne mm-hmm. from the end. And I when I saw her in this early scene, I said, come on, she's got to say something. She does not. Yeah. Is that literally her only line? Yeah. Payne? Mm-hmm. That's the only word she utters in the entire movie. Nice. But that is because, I think Michael, we talked about her, her relationship with Michael Sheen, uh, with Arrow. Yes, Aro. Aro is that she is so playing everything so subtly mm-hmm. and so internalized and so small. He is so outward and huge. It's a good combo. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't have a ton of scenes together, mm. so we don't get a lot of it. But yeah. man, oh man, she's great. And that that baby toss moment. I just want a gif of that or a gif <laughs> if you're nasty. I want a gif of that and play it constantly on the inside of my eyelids, just so anytime I shut my eyes, that's what I see. That would be fantastic. She earned her paycheck with that. Right there. <laughs> she did. It was great. It was so wonderful. Also, just side note: Is Carlisle British? What is his accent? Could you explain I, that to me? Oh, you, not did you the actor. That, the... Uh, no, he, the actor uh, Peter Fascinelli is from Queens, New York. Okay. So I don't know where it comes from, but it seemed like I felt like several times during the series his accent shifted. What you, is that? What you is make Carlisle? A good point. I wonder if he's just you know hanging out with the classy Robert Pattinson and he thinks if he wants to bring some more class to the role. Oh, mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe our Pats was giving him some direction mm-hmm. on the side you know mm-hmm. giving him some free it, acting lessons i think it was a choice i think he is a man of the world he's traveled a lot over his time as a vampire and so he's he's kind of got this this sort of accent that's not easy to place yeah it's like mm-hmm. is he british is he from somewhere else i can't quite place it because he hasn't spent enough time in one place he's spent enough time in a lot of places. It's okay, true. so that makes sense. So that's a very smart choice. You it's know, a what? shame just... that he didn't take the 1920. Hey, uh, why don't you do this, kids? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. man, if they, he could have played it like that, he would him as a as a, an immortal. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. But man, that would have been great. Like yeah. the transatlantic accent. Exactly. Oh my god, he would have been like, oh hey, Edward, we gotta get out of here. We gotta get Bella safe. See? She, yeah, now it's just a gangster from the 30s. Ah, see? We gotta, she's not going to survive the night, see? She's going to have a little vampire baby. we got to give it some blood, see? I got some typo in the refrigerator. If Peter Fascinelli would have done that, I would have. I think I would have loved these movies more than all my favorite movies. I think this would have eclipsed Jurassic Park as my favorite movie of all time. But Eclipse. Yeah, that's but why they named it that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's just, it gets better and better. Uh, so at this point, now that the threat is there, of course, Alice, and again, a convenient power moment. Okay, there are so many convenient powers. No, Am I'm I right? so excited. Am I wrong here? So, okay. 
So uh, you mentioned something about how you couldn't understand why Edward couldn't hear Bella's thoughts, the whole thing. and why Which other, they finally explained. Other, exactly. I was so excited for that reveal to come out. And they explained in the books about why you guys rightly said, well, then why can Alice always see things? Yeah. And the, the oh, out, yes. the out that it was is that it's, you know, the world around or that somebody, you know, if, if Jacob saw her jump off the cliff diving mm-hmm. and then she's seeing the future as through his eyes. So she has shielded the world, but, you know, Alice still is privy to the thoughts of, of the futures of oh, others. okay. I actually have brought that up. I had brought that up in the episode of maybe nice. she just sees the future. Exactly. And I think you might have said something about I, I said that if, if she's seeing a future with Bella in it, should oh, yeah, it be a blank? A blank? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. just like a invisible person. Like, there's a shot in, I believe, the second movie where it's like, oh, she'll be one of us one day. And it's Edward and Bella just running through the forest mm-hmm. gleefully together. And I, I said, Sparkly. yeah, that should have just been, like, blank. Mm-hmm. That should have just been a blank image. And she would have been like, trust me, Michael Sheen, that's where Bella goes eventually, <laughs> but I can't see her because she's the, a shield. But that's how I know that it's her, is because I can't blank, see yeah. her. She's yeah, the It's exactly. a blank spot. Mm-hmm. She's the only okay. blank spot. However, since we've brought up shields, mm-hmm. I have a question. So, because everybody's like, oh, this is weird. Even Michael Sheen is like, what are you... Bella. Like, like everybody's so confused about how no powers work with her, mm. except for Alice's. But everybody, he even goes to her and is like, I bet my powers work on Bella. And he, he does it, and nothing works, right? So mm. nobody is able to figure out what's going on with Bella, and everybody is very confused, including these vampires that have been around forever. And then, in this movie, all these other vampires are like, oh, you're a shield. Yeah. Oh, she's a shield, everybody. Yeah, yeah you guys, they, we all know about shields, right? And even Edward is like, "Oh my God, I didn't even." <laughs> that's right, shields. We all know about shields. I just she didn't look yeah. like a normal shield. I did, why didn't I did think of that? Yeah, you're right. You're a shield. Did they say something like it's different? It's different. I don't know what. I don't think they tapped on it. That's, Maybe in the book. I thought that's how Edward explained how he didn't realize it. He he explains it literally as. She doesn't look like a shield. I've seen. Like she looks different. <laughs> right. And I'm what? like, what? Rude. What does that even mean? <laughs> what a shield usually look like? I'm pretty sure that she also Stephanie Meyer just didn't think ahead and just wanted to make it a little bit more mysterious. No, I in the I first book that oh Edward can't th- hear her thoughts because if he could hear her thoughts, then the book would be over in five minutes. You, I object. You guys said you, you would be really disappointed if it turned out that she was the chosen one because it's so hack and, and cheesy. Yeah, and, right. And she's not. This was what made me so happy that a shield is not, you know, and if, I, you're, I if am, you're playing Overwatch, if you're, you know, it's, the yeah. shield is, is a support role. You know, it's not, you don't get all the glory. So I'm really glad that she's I, not. I'm definitely glad that that mm-hmm. did not turn into a chosen one tale. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. some good restraint on for for Stephanie yes. Meyer. I absolutely mm-hmm. agree. Well, mm-hmm. That's an excellent point. Like we we did make a big deal about that, and I, I have mixed feelings about it honestly because it is built up that she's so special that it it is all pointing to a chosen one or to she's something new and unique that we've never seen before. She's something special that nobody has known anything about. But then it's just like, oh, no, that's just her power. She's a shield. And she had that. What's weird is she had that power before she was a vampire. Mm-hmm. So she, I guess, shields just whether you're a human or you're a vampire, you have the power of being a shield. I don't know that that's totally... Well, that's my question. Like Alice, for instance, was Alice like a fortune teller before? They touch on this more in the books, apparently, than the movies. Uh, So it is something that's a little bit more. So Jasper's power is the ability to change the mood in the room. So when he was... What uh, a lame fucking power. (laughs) I mean, yes, but it did diffuse a few uh, hot situations. Sure, true. Um, 
you know, and, and sometimes Bella is moody, so he brings her a good mood. And so when he was alive, or when he was a human, he was very charismatic. So that's just, that's his regular power. And I think, you know. Oh, where did that go when he yeah, turned him into a vampire? He could change the mood, but he lost all charisma. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry, Jasper. I actually, when you guys had, had pointed out the, the accent thing, when I was watching New Moon, I wanted to be sure, and the two lines that he does say in New Moon are a little bit of a, of a southern accent. Really? So Maybe we just didn't it pick was, up on it. It was planted, yeah, because okay. only two lines. Well, probably, yeah, I was about to say two lines. I'm sure that all these actors probably read all the books before they started filming it, so I would like to give them that much credit that they would do that. So mm-hmm. he probably was like, oh, I'm going to work this into my backstory mm-hmm. and... But he just didn't have a, a chance to display it, I guess. I mean, when there's so many people, I guess you can only do so much. But that's really interesting. So the, so it is something that they already have innately that's mm-hmm. part of their human life that just gets amplified exactly. when they become vampires. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Actually, I wish they would have gone into that in the movie. I know. It would have been cooler. Yes. I, I also wish that, I think I'm going to go back on this. Maybe it's just because I like Alice, but I wish we would have gotten backstories on some of the other color sure. members. I would like to know literally anything about Esme. Like, yeah. I don't know what her power is. Yeah, what is her I, power? I don't know, actually. What, I, don't, I, I know nothing about her. She has no personality. She is the most vanilla character ever. Yeah. I like that actor. Yeah. She's in uh, The Haunting of Hill House that came out on Netflix last year. Mm. She's really good in that. And I think she's a better actor than this part. So I would have really liked maybe some backstory on her. Definitely, as I've mentioned before, backstory on Carlisle. So Emmett's power is to be strong. Yes. But he's also he's muscular, jock, so obviously yeah. it would have been cooler if it was a little guy and he was the strong one. What about Rosalie? What's her power? Singing. She is Shakira. Oh, right. Her hips don't Sorry. No, I can't remember. I don't know if... If every single person got a power. Okay. I mean, everybody did because we get into the next segment of the movie, which yes. is going around and collecting our witnesses, yes. a.k.a. our cannon fodder, around the world where we get lots of character actors showing oh up. Oh, my goodness. To be... I yeah, have no people, idea. Yeah, so many people that have gone on to do other things. Uh, we have Rami Malek, oh most famously. He's the uh, element-controlling Benjamin. He's from Egypt, which I mentioned to Sebastian when we were watching it that, oh, cool that Rami Malek, who is of Egyptian descent, yes. actually got to play an Egyptian in a movie. Yes. It's probably well, also only... in uh, Night at the Museum. So, yeah, I haven't seen those movies, mm-hmm. so I guess we'll have to cover those one day. <laughs> and uh, so he's a an element controller. He agrees to come along. They basically are collecting people to give the case to the Voltori that Renesme is not going to be a baby vampire that's going to reveal things that she's not going to have a an insatiable bloodlust like a normal baby vampire but we all know because we've all seen movies before that yeah they're just collecting people with cool powers for a final battle mm-hmm. it's very x-men-ish mm-hmm. I, which i like because i fucking love the x-men i love that stuff it was cool to see all the different powers it was really neat and again they get good actors there's some people whose abilities or their appeal is questionable like there's a guy alistair who's british yeah. And that guy is an actor. He was in The Crazies. He was in Across the Universe. Uh, I really like that actor. His name's Joe Anderson. I really yeah. like him, but I don't know what Alistair's deal was. I don't know what his power is. Yeah, yeah I don't Hanging know what, out in trees. what yeah. he brings to the table. He's like, I'm going to go hang out in the attic. And he hops yeah. up to the attic, and that's kind of it. That's the roof, sir. But <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. Uh, we have like Lee Pace, who yes. would go on to play Ronan the, the Accuser in Guardians of the Galaxy. He is a Revolutionary War vet 
Mm. And I got he, such hosier vibes from him. He's just this this forest man. That's so I yeah. love. I love. Yeah. Do you think he's like sexy? Like oh yes. Okay, I thought you might. I thought you might. <laughs> I don't disagree. He's that's the best thing about him, and he's probably the most charming of everybody mm-hmm. that we yeah. get. Rami Malek stands out because he's such a unique looking individual. But as far as the actual characters go, at least I knew what that guy's thing mm-hmm. was. I also liked Rami just because he's. You could tell he was totally in it. Yeah. And he had a sort of... He had a glint in his eye. In his eye. Yeah, there's something in his eyes where I was like, he's totally buying into the given circumstances of this moment. But do you think that's because Rami Malek just has giant glassy eyes? No, it's because he's such a talented actor. He he is a talented actor. I'm just kidding. I I don't want to Twilight explain to you, but I had to pause it to to notice. Did you see who his lady friend was? Yeah, she's from Westworld. From Westworld, Clementine. I know, how crazy, right? It just ties it back to these violent delights have violent ends. Yeah, I know. They knew we would come to this Yeah, it's like they knew. It was all leading to this moment. (laughs) She doesn't get a single line in the movie. However, she does get like a title card at the end so that's pretty cool yeah. for her she I guess she doesn't get a title lines in Westworld so she, yeah I guess underutilized she's here. a very interesting looking person mm-hmm. but maybe not the actor that Rami Malek is uh, I recognize the guy who played his I guess father too but I forgot to look him up before we yeah. hit record so I apologize for that but I know he's somebody who I've seen in other things before uh, we also get the two Russian vampires I don't know the one guy but the blonde one uh, I forget his, the actor's name but he plays uh, Mickey Milkovich in Shameless Hmm. And he also played Michelangelo in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Michael Bay movies. What? Oh, really? Yeah. He's a he's a fabulous actor. He's so good. Nice. You wouldn't be able to tell it based on this movie because they were doing the most over-the-top Russian, Transylvanian accent. And that's what they're supposed to be. Mm. I think that's their thing is, like, they are what we think of, what Americans think of as vampires. I think Jacob even says, like, Dracula 1 and Dracula 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which finally, like, pointing out that vampire stuff does exist. Vampire stuff does exist. <laughs> oh, snap! How do they not know? Yeah. How did Bella not figure this out instantly that yeah. he's a vampire? No, she didn't Google it early enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What a dum-dum. Uh, what other people do we get? We got, yeah, we got Lee Pace. We got yeah. Rami Malek. Uh, Mia Maestro. She's oh, from, yeah? I mentioned her last time, but she's from Alias and hmm. The Strain, which is another sort of vampire tale. Right, right. Uh, TV show. And her um, friend who does electricity stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sparky? Yeah, I don't recognize. What did you say? Sparky. Oh, Sparky. Sparky, yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. her name. Sparky. That's definitely her official name. And then we get like a, an Irish trio mm-hmm. who we literally learn nothing about. And I, then there's, there's more another in the couple. book, I remember. I'm but sure. It's fuzzy, yeah. Oh, that's but, something we talked about, actually. Because we were like, what is the deal with all these people that we'll never get to know yeah. that are actually good actors that we will spend zero time with and will soon be dead? Like, what do we get from this in the final movie? And I think, John, I think you brought up, like, well, maybe it is some sort of fan service. Like, maybe in the book, they play a larger role and people are like, oh, my gosh, that's that character. Definitely. So for um, the short second life of Brie Tanner, the novella based on. <laughs> okay. So they gave, you know, everybody was so happy to see Riley and to see Brie and to know, oh, there's like a side story. I'm not uh. sure if there were other stories planned or if, you know, Lionsgate was hoping they, there would be other movies. I'm not sure how much they were trying to... Now, these are... You explained this before we started recording. These are novellas written by Stephanie Meyer. Yes. Only one has actually been officially released, or two? I don't know if Life There are and, three, though. Life and Death uh, is out there. I don't know if it's been published. I have to look into that. Uh, the short Second Life of Brie Tanner is a novella published, and um, Midnight Sun, which is not published, but for free on the internet. Which is Edward's perspective it of is. the events from Twilight. Which, as you said, it was never finished, yes. and I'm like, well, who gives a shit? We know what, we know how that story ends. It's they get yeah. together. His whole thing is like, oh, she smells. Oh, she still smells. Why does this girl smell so much? Is it Edward going? through... You haven't read it, but is it Edward's going through class? 
Yeah, probably, probably a lot of that. I like, I, I would love to know what was he doing on those days when she wistfully looked over to the lunchroom and he wasn't there. Yeah, he was. There was like and what two days, three days. So, where much, just so much gone. can happen. In, in oh, there days. was that sunny day where the yeah. Collins... Where did they go? So what? Uh, what do we think he was doing those times? Because like, there's not a lot of like. I don't remember seeing TVs in the Collins house. There's a lot of books, so I guess he could be reading. Yeah, I think he's brooding and breathing and yeah, uh, playing the piano, obviously. Mm-hmm. But. What is he really doing? I mean, they're they're out in the woods. Like, they can get up to some crazy shit out there. What do you think he was doing? I don't know. I'm just, that's what I'm asking. This is a family like, podcast. I don't want to say what I think he was doing. But, this is not uh, a family podcast. Yeah, no. I mean, my is mother may diamonds? listen to this, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Throwing and, diamonds against the walls? Yeah. Are they, like, like, shaving off themselves and making diamonds? Mm-hmm. and like? Uh, that's yeah. not what I was quite talking about, but... <laughs> oh, right. When you're older, we'll explain it to you. Oh, okay. Thank you. I'd love to know. I do have a question about the diamond stuff, though. So, I had pointed out in the first movie that I would not have known that they were supposed to look like diamonds. Yeah. Because they sort of looked like sweaty people with glitter on them. Yeah. But are they made of diamond, first of all? And second of all... When you saw the first movie and he sparkled, was it what you imagined? Or is it described differently in the book? It, it was just as ridiculous as it was described in the book. And I, I was way off when I imagined the reasoning. So I thought the reason that Stephanie Meyer chose that was that um, she, not a writing loophole, but she needed to have a high school. And okay, Forks, you know, is, is rainy and, and cloudy, but you know, yeah. they're gonna go out in the sunlight sometime and they're not gonna immediately burst into flames. So how can I ca- capture the lore while s- still giving them a reason to not go out in the light? I am completely wrong. Uh, and when I read how Twilight... Oh, that's what you thought it would be? That's what I thought. Oh, okay. Stephanie Meyer came up with the idea for Twilight. I don't know if you mentioned this in, in the last episodes. It was a dream. She woke up, she had a dream of a sparkling boy who was a vampire, in a meadow, and a beautiful human, and him whispering love to her and telling her not to be afraid and that he truly loved her. And um, she woke up and she wrote one of the chapters, I think it was the chapter when they were in her bedroom in in Twilight. And she was, um, I think she had just given birth and she was um, kind of feeling, you know, like too much of a mom, like she was just a zombie going through her life. And she wanted to bring back the love of writing. And she created this whole universe around it. And Sparkling was always at the center. Wow, so not only, that's like the impetus for the entire series was a stream then, huh? That's incredible. Wow. Okay. I knew about the dream, but I didn't know that the Sparkling started even then. That's really incredible. And yeah, and as you said, it does tie into the lore. So there is also a convenient reason for all these things. Mm. Like we think of vampires as bursting into flames and in a way, if, sure. if they sparkle enough, they could look like they're on fire. So somebody may go. have mistaken that and put that into the lore in mm-hmm. this universe. Now that we know that, that Dracula exists. Yeah. Good. So, That's a good point. Yeah. That's you know point. what I mean? Like uh, people describe things from like what they are familiar with. Right. And if they just saw somebody sparkling from far away, maybe they thought, oh my God, that person is on fire. And next thing you know, there's all these myths. This there's is all how these rumors stories. This is how it begins. Jesus, guys. <laughs> come on now. One thing I will say about the movie is that Jacob, it's interesting because at the end of the last movie, obviously he imprints on Renesmee. He's kind of given up the ghost on uh, on loving Bella, and he realizes that that's not going to happen. Yeah. That's not in my life. And I thought it was going to be soups creepy that he's just around to protect her. But for most of the movie, I thought it was okay. Like, I think just him, it gave him a reason to be in the movie, one, because at this point, without him being actively in love with and Mm -hmm. actively pursuing Bella, it's sort of, you question, why is Jacob here in the first place? Uh, So having him there to protect Renesmee as they know the Volturi are coming in, obviously this will will change maybe later in the movie, but 
what did you guys think of that? I felt like Jacob's presence in the movie was kind of nice. It kind of rehabbed Jacob. I'm always talking about character rehab, but I feel like in the case of Jacob, he was kind of a dick in a, mm-hmm. Eclipse. He wasn't much better in part one of Breaking Dawn, and in this one, he just felt like kind of like himself again. He mm-hmm. was a little bit lighter of a character, kind of sweeter. What did you guys think? Did you think it was creepy the whole time? I uh, He mentions or uh, in his conversation, what's Seth's sister's name? Oh, uh, uh, Leah. Mother Wolf? Leah? Uh, yeah, so he ha- he says in that conversation with her, or she says it, you know, I really wish I could imprint on somebody because she feels this lost love. And so that was, I think, our hint that like, oh, once Jacob, you know, imprints on somebody, he will be over, Bella. It's really hard right now. We're all reading your wolf thoughts, so it's awkward. Stop pining for her. Yeah. We can't wait in f- for you to imprint on somebody. Right. So it's a relief. So yeah. yeah, no, I liked it. He was he was back to a, a chivalrous. I when I was reading the books and when I was watching the movie, you're you're on the edge of your seat when they start saying he imprints on a baby. You're just you don't like it. There's something wrong with it. Oh yeah, it's yeah. totally creepy. They explain it in a, a brother a brotherly way, and that it endeared it him to me. Well, he so, felt like an uncle or something. Yeah. Uh, like at the Christmas scene when the, he's giving her a gift and yeah. stuff like that. It's it did not feel salacious to me. Yeah. So um, when it <laughs> first disagrees. <laughs> Well, when it uh, clearly in the last movie, when he imprinted on her, it was very weird because we've also only seen imprinting in relation to love. Yes. And romantic love. And even that Leah, who you Mm. talked about, she was still pining over the other guy. So she like seemed to be like, hey, Jacob, if you want to imprint on me, I would love to be Uh, over this, you know. And so everything that we have seen has been in the context of romantic love. And then he goes and gets on his knee for this baby. And it was incredibly creepy in that moment. In this movie, I felt it was a little abrupt. I do agree with you that, you know, they have set up pretty well that once he imprints on somebody else, he'll forget about the other person who he just loved. I guess I don't think he ever really imprinted on Bella. He just Mm, like liked her. Yeah, no, he just was in love with her. But yeah, imprinting is a more like at your soul kind of level. So once he did that sort of soul merge with Mm -hmm. this baby, he was able to sort of forget about Bella. I still thought it was a little bit abrupt when he's like, you guys look great together when (laughs) Edward and Bella are standing there because it is like, yeah, that I didn't, that didn't sit well with me. Still was like, really? Like, like you've been pining after this girl and I get that. Like now you're kind of moving on to this, who might be your sister feeling thing. (laughs) But like, that's kind of a big leap to this, your mortal enemy for the past four movies and the girl you've been pining over for four movies. Suddenly they're standing there next to each other and you're like, you know what? I really want you guys to make love tonight. (laughs) It's like, what? Okay. Yeah. But maybe Bella like smells different to him. Like his senses are heightened. They're Mm -hmm. different than ours. So maybe there's something about her vampirism. Maybe he can't hear her heartbeat. He knows how undead she is, how inhuman she is. And that would probably turn me off if it was like, oh, the girl I loved is a zombie all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. I absolutely uh, agree. Now that I'm saying it, like, I'd probably yeah. still love Lindsay I, if she was a zombie. <laughs> oh, sure. But, you know. I, that's really sweet, man. Love is real. Love is real. <laughs> it's alive and well. Um, I agree with you, but I, that's why I'm like, maybe he should have been, and again, this is not Tyler. What's his name? Taylor? Taylor. Taylor. Mm-hmm. It's not his fault. It's, I think, the writing of it, where if it had been like, well, you guys were meant to be together. If it was something where it's like him letting go and moving on and like, you know what? I hope you guys are happy together. Yeah. But it was just on. like, but he's oh like, man, you guys look great. Man, you guys look good yeah. together. Which was yeah. weird. In terms of the other stuff, him just being around and hanging out and being a gar- uh, guardian and a bodyguard, I thought that was all great. It was really fun to see him take that role. And and they did establish it as more of a like, no, I'll protect her. He says many times, mm-hmm. it's not like that. It's mm-hmm. not like that, Bella. 
stop punching me in the chest across the forest. <laughs> it's not like that. It's not like that. And then the end. Well, let's let's wait well, just for a beat because we're gonna have more to unpack about okay. that end. There's so much. Okay. There's so, so much. Lot, lot left to unpack. Right. Just generally, I'm gonna skip that ahead. Was, that was uh, that was Jacob and Loch Ness Monster Part One. Right. <laughs> and we'll come back for part. Pause two. on that. Continuing with the the story at hand, we have like a dog leg where Bella goes to Seattle, I think, to get. Falsified documents. Jay Jenks. Uh, Jay I like Jenks. Jay Jenks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was cool. He was cool. He was a very different kind of character because he's our one non-supernatural guy other than Charlie in this mm. entire friggin' movie. So, other than Charlie and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It was nice to just have somebody who isn't a werewolf or a vampire around. Uh, she goes to Jay Jenks, gets the stuff. Alice and Jasper have fucked off to who knows where. Uh, Alice is leaving clues behind to get Bella there. It's whatever. It's just honestly filler until we get to what we really want to see, which is the big climactic fight. Just really quick, Melissa Rosenberg crunched that down. That was a huge part of the books, and it was unnecessary, as you mentioned. So yeah. I'm really glad she she trimmed the fat. Oh, nice. Kept the J. Jinx, like needed. the the clue, like the trail of clues, was more than just oh, one, man, literally yeah. one clue. Yeah, there was a lot. Wow, yeah, that is movie, so too. unnecessary. She's, it was actually confusing because she says in the movie, "Oh, she, uh, she left me all these clues," and I was like, "There was like <laughs> one clue. There was one literally clue. one clue." There was and, one. And clue. thankfully, you found it at the right time. I know, so like. Go do that. Like, if she would have not put that together, or maybe what if she would have put that together at the very beginning as soon as yeah. they left? I mean, it's Merchant yeah. of Venice, it's right. Yeah, it's just like, bring yeah. it to just the like, book. It's like, oh, it's clearly out of well, <laughs> maybe this is something. Yeah, and, and it was like on a random page where Alice had written Jay Jinx, so mm-hmm. it's a good thing she like flipped and actually found that mm-hmm. page. But yeah, it's it's all sort of unnecessary. I guess if she found it earlier, great. Yeah. We, ha- we have this, we're we ready. Uh, if not, yeah, because it's a passport for Jacob and for Renesme so they can go live a life together and be romantically involved. Involved, basically just sending your your daughter off with a pedophile. It's not like that, it's, Bella. It's that's right. They're, they're bro- it's brotherly. It's brotherly until a few years down the road. But uh, it's basically just documents for them to get out of the country. Uh, a weird moment. But hey, like I said, it was I was open to it because that's the one time we don't get a bunch of vampires and werewolves standing around a campfire staring at each other. <laughs> the, and he was good. Jay Jenks was good. Yeah, he was yes. good. He he played it like a normal human might act. Which is weird in these movies. He played it like somebody from The Wire. Yeah, you might say. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, they were down to The Wire because they shortly mean. after she gets it, it's time to fight, baby. Mm-hmm. It's time for that climactic battle. Let me go back to this point that I've made several times. Why are these all about battles? Why is it all about fighting? Yeah, when you were reading I, I it, did see. you give a shit about werewolf and no, vampire I wanted, fights? You cap. You said it exactly the right way. Um, I read it for the love. I wanted the love. Yeah. I was so infuriated. Uh, part one, the book and the movie, the fade to black. You're going to Sex Island. Everybody's giving you shit. You know, the the um, Emmett is saying like, "Hey, what do you get? Can't wait for you to break the house." And then you fade to black. I don't know what I wanted. I think maybe I wanted a romance novel. Maybe yeah. I wanted. You can kiss. You can make a hot kiss for for an hour. But it was literally just. And then we walked to the threshold and took our took our clothes off and we woke up. It was hot. Trust me. Yeah, I think the I think I read somewhere that the sex scene was like forty seconds between them. Ugh. And we get some more sweet mish, yeah. some sweet married missionary. Uh, in this movie as well, and it's also like thirty seconds long. You got to keep it PG thirteen. I know, I know. Um, you can't have uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. No, no. Sorry. That movie, which is rated R, and they still, despite how kinky that movie's supposed to be, and all this talk about butt plugs and and uh, you know chains and they still just have sweet mish in that movie too. 
that's the only scene what? I've watched in that I movie. I haven't read it. I haven't watched it. No, I watched Sorry. I watched that one scene. I, I, there are some other lines in that movie that are just choice. And trust me, we will cover those movies one day. Wow. But it's just, it's exactly the same. It's like, yeah. oh, you can't get that kinky in American cinema is the problem. So anyway, that's that's a talk for another day. But for Edward and Bella, they want to just bone forever. She basically says, like, hey, guess what? We don't have to breathe. Mm-hmm. We don't have to uh, eat or ever sleep. So we could just bone down 100% of the time. And Edward should have been like, we have a daughter. We have to yeah. raise yeah. this rapidly aging daughter. <laughs> and Bella's like, we could fuck underwater. We can fuck in space. We can fuck in a volcano. It's going to be great. And Edward's like, chill, girl. Enough with the fucking... We got to get to work. We got to go save our daughter. And that's what the final fight's mm-hmm. about. You know, this brings up another point because she's she finally has the power where she can go ahead and be like, we're doing it right now. For four movies, he has been saying, I don't want you to be a vampire. I don't want you to be a vampire. I don't want you to be a vampire. Your soul is going to be gone. You're going to go to hell. We're all monsters. Everything is horrible. That's the worst thing you could possibly do is become a vampire. From the very beginning of this movie, he was like, oh, man, you're a vampire now. This is awesome. Let's go run through the forest. Yeah, he's like, sick, bro. Let's go eat. <laughs> so let's go hunt something. You're, you need to hunt, go hunt now. Yeah, his his turmoil that lasted for four movies was like, why? So what is your what is your feeling on that? She brought up a lot of the sex. She brought up a lot of the, you know, wasn't it a back and forth about, I want to be a vampire? Well, not until we have sex. Well, no, we have to have sex first. So not until we get married. Not until after prom. Not until you graduate. There were all these things. And all so these I, rules, I, yeah. I feel like maybe he was, he was great, grateful. Like, yeah, like, maybe. You know what? Everybody passed all the tests. Yes. He was a little pent up. Everybody yeah. did what they needed to do. I mean, he does. The only thing I guess I can say is, besides that, as a partial justification, is there is a line that he has for her later in the movie when she masters her shieldness, where he's like, at every turn, you am- I underestimate you, and you mm. are better than I gave you credit for. That's so nice. It's beautiful. So maybe, what a sweet guy, Team Edward. So maybe <laughs> Team Edward, everybody. Once he saw her turned, and it was like, well, there's no going back. Like we mm. had to, and I think you pointed out too. Like she was gonna. It's either she's dead or she's a vampire. Yeah, I yeah. might as well accept it. And then maybe he's just like, you know what? You know, this is this is my girl. She accepts me. Yes. I accept her, and we're gonna live forever. And I made a joke about her abandoning the newborn, but also, like you said, I mean, it, sometimes it's nice to, it's half human, so maybe you don't want to be around, so what are we going to do over here? Maybe let's bone. Make yeah, let's one. bone constantly, <laughs> nonstop. I feel like they were in the middle of just post-coitus, yeah. like laying by the fire, mm. and she, the way she was talking about it was as if they were having sex yeah. in that moment. <laughs> the way she was phrasing everything, she was like, we got to keep doing this forever. We don't like, ever have to stop doing this right Yeah. <laughs> It's like doing what? Just laying here? Guys, have you ever laid by a fire? Like, I mean, great. it's, it's very good. comfy. It's pretty very, good. It look, I mean, but the, the little, fact that she's like... The little Disney cottage looks really nice, too. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's like, we don't need Gatorade. Like, we can just keep going. <laughs> it was like, well, you're not... You stopped. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're relaxing now. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not literally like, can... Well, I can ask you this, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Can a vampire maintain an erection indefinitely non-stop yeah and i'll tell you if you go back and watch twilight part one which you will soon i believe yes when when she, she walks because you had no idea when she walks into the science room and he asks her about uh how she likes you know forks and she says no i just hate cold wet things and he goes okay and i, I know you guys had no idea that that was uh a reference to a penis because oh. his penis is cold. Oh. And, right. and, and it, if you have sex with somebody, it will be wet. No. Wow. So, yeah. And if you uh, well, have sex outside and you 
uh, finish having sex, then it will be wet from the rain. Right, right, right. Yeah. A, lot of, a, lot of that. a lot of layers there. Man, Ooh. Stephanie Meyer really thought that through. Yeah. Wow. Um, Rock hard. Hard as a diamond. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey now. So we're, anyway, I'm trying to get us on this fight Sorry, to yes. talk about because it's the epic. 30 minute. A no thirty-minute-long non-verbal fight, except for Dakota Fanning's one-one-word pain. pain. Uh, I think there's one point where Jacob's running off, and the little girl says, "Jacob, Jacob." But whatever. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna ignore that. Yeah, they meet up in a in a big snowy field, and they. I feel this about these movies. For them to try to be doing big epic action. Pick a smaller field. No, it was so far away, and they were just having a convo like you and you and me. Yeah, like, yeah, they, they were, it was as if they were like two feet away from each other. I I chalked that up to like vampire hearing. Sure, but Renesmee is like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, I can't hear shit. Could you guys? Could you guys speak up? <laughs> hey, my machine. What'd you say? I can't hear you, girl. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not a girl. Well, I'm just wearing a long wig, Bella. Because wow. he he actually did say her name like. Bella. Mm-hmm. And I told Sebastian we should say Bella's name only like that throughout the entire podcast. And Seb, you've been pretty, I tried. I tried. You've been pretty good about it. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I couldn't maintain that in the same way that Edward can maintain his erection. Hey. Uh, hey now. <laughs> Call back 30 seconds later. Boom. Shakalaka. Happens to everybody. Yeah. So so anyway, they're in this humongous field of snow and ice surrounded by a beautiful forest and it's like yeah couldn't couldn't the filmmakers have i don't know made it a little bit smaller less epic you mean yeah it's it's no it no. needs to be epic but that's the thing it looked less epic because like there's not that yeah. many people certainly carlisle's yeah. group is probably like 15 people and then the voltori even though they're in a big straight line mm-hmm. there's probably like 40 of them and it just looks wimpy i love how the cullen witnesses all stayed with their your friend group you don't oh yeah wanna, <laughs> and their clicks spread out. No, no 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 they 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 couldn't they you know you don't want to don't want to mingle yeah, yeah. Who, who wants to do that yeah. when also, you're at a party i yeah. i meet one person that i want to talk to mm-hmm. and that is the only person i talk to at the entire thing because f that i don't want to make new friends yeah who I needs them i have enough friends yeah and these are all very old vampires for the most part we have like our amazonians we have our uh, who looked very cold by the yes. way there's a lot of lot of nearly naked people out in this field of ice but do uh, vampires get cold though they don't they mm-hmm. don't i'm just projecting on them because i would be very cold uh, Carlisle's at the beginning of it, and yes, they have a their tête-à-tête across the vastness of this gigantic field, mm-hmm. and eventually Carlisle meets up with uh, Michael Sheen. They bring Renesmee over. She communicates with him. He realizes, oh shit, I was wrong this whole time. And Shannon from Lost is all like, "Hey, bro, sorry, I didn't mean to. I yeah. was mistaken." She like, totally could have been like, "No, these Cullens did something else bad." She owned up. Yeah. She owned up to it, which she is... Owned up. We can all learn something from that. We can. You know? Well, no, this is why you never own up for anything. You get oh, your yeah. Limbs <laughs> yeah, the, learn- that's what we learned. the learning moment <laughs> that's was her like. getting beheaded and set on fire immediately. <laughs> A song of ice and fire. It sure was. Oh, and nice. so she is dead as hell. Yeah. And then Alice shows up. And I don't actually remember why the fight started per se oh well, she she shows him the future and he doesn't he still wants to fight and she goes you're gonna do this no matter what you there's nothing oh, i could say that would turn you away right right he right. starts whipping them up right he starts telling his people like it's time to throw down basically well, well he's like now there's even more danger because this child is unknown this we can we fear the mm-hmm, unknown mm-hmm. and if the humans can destroy us 
the best thing for us to do is to keep ourselves even more secret. And the only way to do that is by the known, not the unknown. So this right. child is very dangerous. So everybody's getting worked up. Yeah, she shows him the future and she says that great line of like, no matter what I tell you, you're going to do it anyway. And, and then and she turns. She turns and says, she mouths now. And then 20 Bella. minutes later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bella finally decides like, to. What? Yeah. Now what? What? I can't see. I, I don't Alice, have vampire hearing. Yeah. <laughs> So she she plops Renesmee on top of Jacob. Finally, finally we get somebody riding a werewolf. I've been waiting for that shit since the second movie. I can't believe that they haven't done it before, but Renesmee rides Jacob off, uh, and the big battle begins, mm-hmm. and it's just a big slugfest. Oof. And there's a lot of karate chopping of heads off. Yeah. Like, immediately Carlisle and Aro, a.k.a. Michael Sheen, fly into the air. They hit each other midair, and then what's the first casualty... Fucking Carlisle. Carlisle. That was awesome, actually. And that was that's actually what triggers the fight. Because yeah. mm-hmm. when Shannon gets killed, the sisters want to go after them, and they stop the mm. sisters. They're like, nah, bro, they're like, nah, no, bro. Don't do it, bro. We're all going to die, bro, if you do this. And they, like, blind them so they can't even attack. Mm-hmm. And then there's the whole exchange of, like, now and get out of here. But the, the very first thing is Carlisle running up and attacking, right? Because, wait, why does he charge them? I forget, Did but you know something to Alice? Uh, they, because I think they were saying oh, they took ch- they, they, they were took- trying to get in the way. I think it was about protecting Renesmee because we're back to a very no. I think you're right. I think Infinity it was War situation. I, I, sorry, but oh, I think yeah, you're yeah. right. They take Alice, like they take Jasper off to the side, right? Mm-hmm. And they are taking Alice and like get her out of here or something like that, like because they want to use. Oh Alice. right, because he's wanted mm-hmm. Alice since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I think they do kill Jasper. And then he runs. He's like, no, one of my own. And he runs and leaps. And that's when they have the epic moment that you described where in midair. And then they both land. Yeah, they collide. And they Uh, do a reveal that when Michael Sheen landed, they kind of pan down. He stands up and he's holding Carlisle's head in his hands. And everybody who is part of the witness group for the Cullens is there for Carlisle. And they it's, all just watch, actually, while it happens. Well, um, after and that, everybody though, it's like, witnessing in the theater gasps because this did not happen in the book. Oh, oh really? What? Yes. Oh, snap. Well, so none of this action stuff happened? Let's, let's, we'll get let's to the end of that. Let's see how it plays out sure. so we can not spoil it. <laughs> but I, I thought that moment was awesome. I was, I, I thought the reveal of him landing and them holding Carlisle's head, because even though I cared very little for anybody in these movies, <laughs> I know that you're supposed to care for Carlisle. Yes, Carlisle was a coolish guy. He's, he's a the nice one. version of Dr. House. He brings yeah. everybody together. Yeah, he does. I mean, he is the one, and I guess they set it up a little bit, because earlier in the movie, Edward is like, thank you for everything that you've done. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's something like, I I don't tell you this enough, but like, thank you for And it. I think, like I said, all the witnesses are all saying throughout the movie, like, oh, Carlisle's mm-hmm. why we're here, why we love Carlisle, he helped me doing this, he helped me in this moment in my life. So we've really built the character, even though we, ha- we don't get to actually see any of it. Um, <laughs> we get to... It's like they say, tell, don't show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I thought it was a cool moment once they all see that. Everybody freaks out and starts running towards the Volturi. It's a pretty epic moment. The The werewolves get riled up. All the vampires get riled up. We get all the different types of vampires. It's a really cool fight. It's very bombastic. It's finally, I think, the moment that we have been waiting for, which is if they're going to finish on Vampire Fisticuffs, which literally every one of these movies ends on, <laughs> at least this was cool. Yeah. This was like cool action. A lot of heads getting ripped off. Uh, at one point, one of the blondes takes the kid who just killed Shannon from Lost and rips him by his jaw. Mm. Yeah. She doesn't rip him off of the neck. That was gnarly. Whoa. That was cool. And, and by the way, they changed it because in part three, 
the vampires would be killed and they'd be turned into diamonds. And and this one, it's back to the way it was in the first one, Mm -hmm. where it's sort of like dust almost. Yeah, it's the way they did it in the first movie, which is weird because... Mm -hmm. In the third movie, it was so different. It was like, you, I wish they would have been consistent yeah. throughout yeah. all of them. Are we doing Buffy rules now? Or I can't <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We're doing Blade up in here. I prefer the way it is in this movie and the first movie to the diamonds. I didn't like that they like shattered like porcelain dolls. That was mm. weird to me. So we get this epic fight. Uh, Rami Malek punches the ground and makes a big earthquake. Yes. Which I have a really big fear of the big one that's coming. Sure. Where the San Andreas Fault finally gives out and consumes basically half of... The uh, Pacific Seaboard, and and apparently the Pacific Northwest is going to be like going to get it the worst from all the many articles I've read. (laughs) Yeah, I was reading that too because, as you know, my wife and I were thinking about moving to uh, Portland a while back, and right around that time, a big article came out about like, oh, it's going to be destroyed soon. Yep, (laughs) Uh, that's why I always wanted to move to Santa Clarita, California, which is right past the five because they said anything uh, west of the five is going to be underwater. Mm. So. Move to Santa Clarita, beachfront property, baby. It's like a Lex Luthor scheme. <laughs> Otisburg. <laughs> so we have, uh, again, tons of cool fighting. Lots of heads getting ripped off. Uh, after Carlisle dies, Esme becomes a rage monster oh. and, you know, destroys things. We got Edward flying around, ripping heads off. Uh, we have some cool moments where Bella uses her shield powers and expends it to Edward and her, uh, various friends because Dakota Fanning's power obviously is to inflict pain, mental pain on people. So she's protecting people. Dakota Fanning, by the way, aids in the death of Seth. Somebody snaps his neck and it was gnarly. It was like sad. Mm-hmm. Part of, partially because he was in dog form. Yeah. It's like yeah. you never want to see a dog die. Anytime the, the wolves, because yeah, they do just look like big dogs. Mm-hmm. Anytime one of them fell into the chasm, like one of them sacrifices itself it was for, Leah. Was uh, it Leah? Ugh. She had nothing to live for because despite the fact that her sister's living with Charlie, she had nothing to live for once Seth was dead. Yeah. She she died saving Esme. Esme yeah. and it was sad. Anytime anything happened to the animals, I was like, oh, no. Anytime <laughs> anything happened to the, the vampires, I was like, oh, that was a cool death. <laughs> yeah, I was like, eh, all right. Like when Jasper died, nothing. I felt, I felt literally. I was actually rooting for Emmett to die. Wow. I don't know why. I was like, huh, I want to see how this guy goes. Who's going to take him out? I was ready for Jasper to go. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And somebody does, though, when they're taking Alice away and, and they're kind of holding Jasper there before the fight starts, somebody just, like, slaps him out of nowhere. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I almost ruined that. That was a delightful moment to me. Because it really was, he didn't say anything. He didn't do anything to ask for that slap. He just got it. Just, here you go. Don't like Enjoy. I, I very much enjoy that because I guess I hate Jasper. I guess I so. I know that. I know that I've I hung out with Southerners. I know you, you folk feel affronted when somebody puts on a Southern accent. So maybe you're just waiting for the comeuppance. You just I don't think it's that. I just think that I don't like his face. Okay. It's a more base level for me. Wow. Of just just don't like that guy's fucking wow. face, man. Um, that's... Yikes. <laughs> I, I, maybe I have a problem. Maybe that's just listener. who I am. No. Uh, yeah, sorry, Jasper. If you're if you're out there, uh, not the actor. I'm talking about the actual character, Jasper. Uh, don't come after me because you're a blood sucking demon. Uh, so yeah, we get just characters getting taken out left and right, and eventually Bella and Edward come down on Michael Sheen. They do on, a team up on Ari Goldman. Uh, they do a team up. Yeah, they beat his ass. Suddenly she does. I thought oh yeah, actually, suddenly <laughs> Bella is like an expert fighter. Yeah. Sorry, continue. No, no, no. no. I, I just thought it was really funny when they did team up because their like their teamwork was sort of like Batman and Robin from the old <laughs> yes. series. It was like 
wham pow like he throws her it was really like oh, yeah, he watching picked... Burt Ward and Adam West yeah. do their stuff he picks her up at some point and like swings her ninja kick mm-hmm. it's a ninja kick Michael Sheen yeah they practice that that was yeah how is that I mean I guess no. oh no he can't read her mind so I don't know they're in tune man they, they are they just they're meant to be maybe maybe in the like how long is actually let me ask you this Lauren do you know how long it was supposed to be from Renesmee being born to this battle like oh, how old gosh, is she good, good question uh, I feel like less than a year okay so I less think, than a year old but maybe so she's been a vampire for that long maybe they've been just training in the woods I, w- I, w- I was going to say later that uh, another thing that Melissa uh, cut down was the, the was, there was a lot of shield training, which in the book, I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I hate when somebody comes and suddenly, you know, they Just learn to use a sword use and pa- they're the best at the right, sword. So right. there was a lot of uh, shield training, but they did not do the ninja Gaiden uh, <laughs> practice. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, whatever. She's a vampire now. Yeah. She's got a whole new set of skills, probably borrowed from Maggie Grace. Yep. Uh, slash particular set and so they take him out and then what happens he's dead she's setting him on fire and the screen fills with flame and we pull back and it never even fucking happened what it's a dream what yeah. it was a what? dream the it. whole time twist yeah. I knew it was coming yeah. they got me yeah they definitely got me yeah I, I 100% did not see that coming I, when he started flaming like in you know was set on fire there's all these shapes and stuff I was like oh this is getting really weird and trippy and then you see that she was just showing him his yeah. future. I was like, you know what? That got me. I've been not invested for a very long time. <laughs> but kudos to you, friends. You definitely were ahead of me. I did not see it coming. How was the mood in the theater when that happened? So I feel like I am of the unique perspective to, I mean, I'm not in the industry, but I know a little thing or two about uh, test audiences and movies. And you. So in the book, there was no battle they came they practiced they got the witnesses and they were like big misunderstanding and Arl was like cool but what about uh maggie grace and they're like i gotta know and then they killed her and then they're like well is the is renez making to grow up and alice was like no we cool and they're like later back to our stuff ciao bella and i felt disappointed i said we have been training with this shield practice we have you know we've got these passports How, jay jenks has been paid like we need to use <laughs> jay jenks was brought stuff. in it was a disappointing as as a reader, as somebody who wants a big finish. Uh, it was disappointing. Wow, that's really interesting. Now you get to have your cake and eat it, too. You get to this. have your cake and eat it, too, because the tweens don't want not the book. They don't want Carlisle to die. Sorry, they don't want uh, Jasper to die. It's very sad. I gasped. The theater gasped. And so you get you get both. Well, good job on so that. you enjoyed then. it. You were I, happy with it. I enjoyed it. it was, I know it was I have another friend who saw it, and she called total bullshit on that. She was like, I think she's... She's a writer, so maybe she was just like, eh, that's bullshit. That she just wanted like, the, the dream to be the ending? I think she wanted it all to be real. Yeah. And, right, and it right, is right. a cop-out. Right. I mean, it's a total cop-out. I knew it was going to happen, yeah. so I just enjoyed it for the for the visceral ride that it was. I mean, we didn't have uh, uh, Thanos. Infinity, Infinity War? War? Thank you. Like, we didn't have Infinity War. We didn't leave the, the theater. The, the early 2000s were a happier time. We didn't have downers where mm-hmm. you, you sat back and thought about your life choices. You know, yeah. you got to yeah. gotta end on something high. Yeah. Okay, well, well good point. And sure, well, hell, everybody, everybody but Maggie Grace, and who gives a shit about her? <laughs> yeah. Everybody survives. So do you think your friend read the books? It sounds like she didn't. It sounds like she I think simply... she didn't. I think she was just a movie watcher, so she was not a Twihard yeah. like you were. She so was not an OG. She was a Twihard light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah. You know. yeah. She just it was an, she went with she was one of the people that went when I went to uh, see New Moon. She was among that group. Mm-hmm. And so I think she stuck through it 
to the end. And yeah, didn't love that ending. Hmm. I'm okay with it. Because at least, because if it was exactly what you just described, I would have called bullshit on that. That's boring as hell. (laughs) And I can't believe Stephanie Meyer got away with that. Doesn't she have an editor that's like, dude, you gotta like zhush this up a little bit. You gotta spice it up. Maybe they were finally like, let's listen to John Bring. He wants this to be about the romance, so let's not have him fight. Why can't we all get along? Yeah, Yeah, well, well, there's no way, look, if there wasn't all this plot stuff with the Volturi and all that, there's no way you could have stretched it to four books. Oh, yeah. But if the ending would have been Edward and Jacob fighting, mm-hmm. that I could be behind. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for that. I've been waiting for that. I'm waiting for that still. We never got <laughs> yeah. Edward and Jacob throwing down, which is a bummer. I mean, I suppose you have a little bit of that at the end of Breaking Dawn Part 1 because all the werewolves are mm. in a big fight with all of the Cullens, and yeah. it just is. But it's a big mishmash of people. You don't really know who's who. It's mm-hmm. the, the staging of it wasn't great, but I really wanted to see Edward and Jacob. Honestly, I want to see Jacob as a guy fight edward you know i think that would have been a really cool ending to this fifth movie again i don't know how you could have gotten to this point where you could have filled five movies but it is what it is Mm. so everybody's okay and esme's gonna reach maturity we find out because they introduce another uh half-breed kid from brazil which by the way does Edward have a second family in Brazil? Yeah, in it was Rio? a little weird. They they've got the they got the sex island out there. Uh-huh. They had a quick party in the in the streets. That's where Edward was when he had to run away mm-hmm. from Bella that mm-hmm. one time in New Moon. And in this movie, when they're like, "Oh man, we need to find more witnesses," Edward first thing he says is like, "Oh, we should go to Rio and get blah blah blah." And I was like, "What is in what is this about got, Rio, like, bro?" He's got United Miles or something. <laughs> like... Maybe. Well, I think in terms of this movie. We can justify it because when Bella was pregnant, <laughs> mm-hmm. the maid that was mm-hmm. cleaning up, like they, I, I don't know the name of the indigenous people there, but they had, they established that they had myths and stuff about people like Edward, the, about mm-hmm. people that were like vampires. They had their sort of own myth, mythos that was there. So I think he brought her in to help. Bella. And then the maid still leaves. She's like, no, you're a monster. And she leaves. Mm -hmm. And I think the idea was, well, hey, they know about us. Like, they know about creatures like us. Maybe they have some hidden knowledge that will help us. You should go back to Brazil. Set up some payoffs. That's what I'm always saying. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, fair enough. I just assumed that, yeah, he had another family there. Mm -hmm. He's got another wife and some kids. Uh, He goes and sees them on the weekends. Bella doesn't need to know about it. Yeah, he runs real fast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And he does lots of things real fast. hey <laughs> And it's at this point in the movie where we find out that, yeah, this kid is at full maturity. He's 150 years old. And he reached maturity, his body reached maturity at seven years old. And that was immediately like, uh-oh, Jacob's in his mind doing the math. He's like, oh, boy, I only got a few years left. Because, because the relationship changes. Because this whole time, we were talking about this. This is part two of Jacob and Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) So the whole time, he's like, no, it's not like that. It's not like that. And you talk about, like, the brother-sister thing. Like, he imprinted on her and not in a romantic love way. But at the end of the movie, he's like, he turns to Edward and says, Should I call you dad? Which was weird. So fucking creepy. It was funny. I laughed. Then you're like, wait, <laughs> so you are, you are thinking of her romantically. Uh, yeah. You yeah, are no, thinking that of this funny. little no, girl. You are <laughs> counting down the days. As you said, like, he found out that J.D. Pardo, who's from 
Sons of Anarchy Mayans, who shows up as the half-breed kid at the end, he's like, oh yeah, it only took me seven years, and then I was 18, everybody. Yeah, I, w- I looked like this, and he looked awesome. He was like a... He's, I, I could tell when I saw him, I was like, that guy's not just like some schmuck they pulled off the side of the road in Vancouver to shoot this. Like, no. this is... This guy's like a good actor. Like, he yeah. had a lot of presence, and, and when yeah, you I said that him. he was the star of a show, I was like, oh, that makes sense to me. Because mm. he had a cool look. He had really striking eyes. Yeah. Which, that was one thing. He just had normal brown eyes. He didn't have red eyes. Mm. He didn't have the amber eyes from... Maybe he figured. Oh well, he well, said he's he, the half breed. So. Oh yeah, so he said he could he could eat food mm-hmm. or drink blood. Yeah, either way works for him. Uh, he goes both ways. Anyway, he was really cool. But it is weird. Even if you are seven years old and reach maturity, you got a Jack situation on your yeah, hands. You got yeah. a Robin Williams where like Mm-mm. you're seven years old. Your brain is not equipped to handle that because Renesmee throughout this movie basically communicates through touch. Like I know she has some lines in the movie. But I feel like the main way she does communicate is through putting visions into other people's heads, mm. which means she her brain's not developed enough yet to talk. So I'm so excited because um, that was the part that I had to rewatch several times when Aro touches Renesmee. He lets out. Yes. Oh my god! Yes. Inhuman, which he is. Like, oh my god! <laughs> which was probably the biggest. Uh, that he was. I think Bill Condon was off stage. Michael, we need that bigger. We need that bigger, buddy. He's like, oh, really? I I don't know if I should go bigger. Good lord, that was big. Just eat that scenery. I love it. It was great. It It was was so... I actually did laugh. Yeah, it was so big. We both busted out laughing immediately. It was super quiet. And then all of a sudden, he goes into that hysterical laughter. And his eyes go like the size of saucers. And his smile is this Cheshire smile across his face. I was just like, this is why this series is great. Thank yeah, you. it was. I mean, I have in my notes just Michael Sheen equals a delight. He is a delight. He is a delight. I mean, I like him in anything, but in this particularly, he's just a ray of sunshine mm-hmm. making this whole movie sparkle. Mm-hmm. Sparkle. That, I know. That was why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> that was premeditated. So we get to the end. Oh, shit. I forgot to mention, just a side note, we get a Wilhelm scream in the big oh, battle. Yes. Somebody falls into a pit and we get a Wilhelm scream. Got to give a shout out for that. Wow. But everybody lived. Everybody's great, except for Maggie Grace. <laughs> R.I.P. girl. <laughs> Everybody's pretty much okay. Everyone goes home. All the various characters that we'll never hear from again and know nothing about. The Eastern Blog Vampire is very disappointed. Yeah, they were they like, oh, let's, let us go after them. That's we good. need, we, Yeah, because they were the ones who did show up for a fight. Uh, they actually do go after the Volturi. Maybe that's another side story. Speaking of side stories, I was going to pitch, remember in the last one, uh, I said when the werewolves are collecting in the in the log yard, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, no. I said there should be a couple of guys off to the side being like, holy fuck, and we eventually realized it should be Jay and Silent Bob. That <laughs> should be the reboot. Part two of that is them on the side when they're talking, when they're a mile apart in the big mm. snowy field talking. Jay and Silent Bob off in the woods smoking a doobie with like Alice and Jasper just hanging out, waiting for their time, and, and the two people from Brazil. Mm-hmm. That's a whole movie there, too. I like that. Like, wait, 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 it's not time yet. <laughs> Don't go yet. So, anyway, I just wanted to just pitch more Jan Silent Bob bullshit because yeah. why not? Kevin Smith is listening. Kev, give me a call. I got a lot of great ideas. We, uh, we're we at the end of our movie and we end it with Jacob and Bella and that field that they're always in. No, no, I get... no, Edward and Bella. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Jacob is off with the daughter. Right. Because we actually do see... We actually see a shot, because I believe this is where we get our final last time on... Previously on Twilight recap, where we get to see shots from all of the movies coming together, and it ends on a shot of Edward and Bella 
meeting up with a fully grown Renesmee and Jacob, who looks exactly the same, on a beach. And they are definitely being romantic. Mm. They, he's yeah. got, like, his arm around her. They be fucking, for sure. Yeah. And it was upsetting to me. It's more than yeah. seven years, right? Maybe. It's like 18, right? He didn't have, he did not have gray he looked, hair. He looked the same. He looked still well, 16. Wait, maybe, yeah. Maybe no, because six years from did, now. The, did they not say this in the movies? Wolves also have a... Oh, they have an extended lifespan as well? Shortened growth, yeah. They stay in their 18s. Oh, in their prime for a longer time. Exactly. Oh. Well, that's not the case for Sam, because that guy looks much rougher oh, from part two to part five. They didn't turn until... Uh, Sam didn't turn into a werewolf um, until he was and, a little bit until older. Until the until Laurent and um, James. And, oh right. Uh, that's what caused everybody to turn. So he was at he was already older, and that's why these little babies, Seths and and the others, yeah. were, were turning. Yeah, there's some like six year olds that were turning into like kind of normal sized wolves. Yeah. But does it just slow down? Like they're not immortal, right? Right. Like it just slows. Right. Because he makes this big deal about you would never need a change for me, Bella. Yeah. Like and it's like well, I mean, kinda. If yeah. she's going to keep aging at a normal rate and yeah. you're going to age like every 10 years. Did he say that pre pre werewolf though? Did he know? Cuz remember for You know, time, actually I think he know. did. I That's think before point. the date with Tom, the ill-fated date. Mm-hmm. I think he did say it then before he turned into a wolf, so. He no, didn't no, no, no. But but if he did, like he wouldn't have known that Edward was a vampire. Oh, shoot, you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he said it afterward. Because I th- feel like he had short hair and he was shirtless. I mean, we'll have to rewatch all of them right yeah. now to, yeah, to yeah. get to the I mean, that's it. happening, obviously. <laughs> so we reach the end of our story, guys, and we get a very protracted uh, ending sequence with pretty much literally any actor who did have lines or didn't have lines, not just for this movie, but for the entire series. Yes. Uh, like Both the victorious. girl from Westworld who literally had no lines gets her own title card, mm-hmm. which is great for those actors. That's That had to be really cool. So that goes on for forever. Boo Boo Stewart obviously gets one because he's the most important character. Even though I don't think he appears as a human once in this movie. Well, no, Anna Kendrick doesn't either. I, I know, the, I know. The, the trivia I read said, uh, you know, that the the credits were for the whole series, which duh. But also like the casting, the crew too. I, I assume. Yeah. Is it everybody mm. who ever worked on it. We have both Victorias. We have what's her name? Uh, well, there's Bryce Dallas Howard, yeah. and then there's Rachel Lefevre. Yes. She's. Robbed. They're both both in there. She's at a show now. She's she's oh, doing fine. Goodness. I mean, she's not doing as well as Bryce Dallas Howard, no, arguably. they fired her via fax. They sent her a fax, as you guys said. They, yeah. they made her buy a fax machine. <laughs> that poor rough. girl. Yeah. Had to spend like forty nine ninety nine on a damn fax machine. So we've reached the end. Yeah. I feel just whole. I yeah. feel like so fulfilled that we've gotten through this. So happy. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us for making it. I'm glad that it's over. I almost feel fulfilled. However, the one thing lacking is Lauren's thoughts on everything. Yep. Yep. Which, well. Obviously, this podcast is going to go a little bit long, everybody, because we got questions. Buckle but my, in. My first question would be, though, Team Edward or Team Jacob? I am so Team Edward. I know you guys recoil. I know. What? There was it, it, there was questions in the first couple movies. I, I don't know if, if he's just my type. It The smile... You know, he's I, handsome. He's, handsome. Uh, he's, he's a, a handsome good looking gentleman, guy. but it's also the the laughter. The, you know, she he saved her from the car crash. There, it's just it's what a girl wants. It's, it's, it's a chivalrous guy. That... For, but also somebody. I mean, who doesn't? This is what I'm going to get into, which is you know, Mary Sue's and are Mary Sue's a, a negative trope or are they something that's that's good? And and my argument is that it's good. He's the most popular guy. He doesn't pay anybody else the time of day. Anna Kendrick says that in her wedding speech. Awkward. Yeah. Uh, 
but she is the one for him. He doesn't look at anybody but her. That's what we all want. I mean, and he's Robert Pattinson, and he's rich, and yeah. has like Volvos and Audis. Like it's always so, has a sick car. It's so funny too, though, from a from like a Mormon standpoint. Like they're they Tumblr makes fun of the fact that like. And he walked down the stairs in the most sexy outfit I've ever seen. Khakis and a long sleeve button down shirt. Is that for real? Yes. Please tell me that's real. And he drove the sexiest man car in the world, a Volvo. Wow. And and, and that's just so innocent and middle America. And it's just quaint. That's kind of cute. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm into that. I buy that. It's bringing it uh, down to earth. Yeah. I was originally Team Jacob and then ended on Team Edward. Uh, Eclipse flipped me. And... Really, they did a lot of weird stuff with Jacob, which we've clearly discussed, right up until the end with that last shot of him and Renesmee together. So I I get it, but even in those first couple movies, where you're like, yep, that's the guy. That's my guy. That's who I want. Even yes. in the second movie, yes. when he ditches her for an entire movie and wants to kill himself. Is it the he wants to kill himself? Is no, that the appeal? No. Uh, he had he had to say goodbye to her. He had, it's just like, uh, what, what is it? Moulin Rouge. You know, she... He has to believe that you want to break up with him. Otherwise, she she has to believe yeah. it. And just to me, I never had a sexy love triangle where two guys pined for me. But I, I did, you know, have a, a friend. I who, did. This is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a friend who wanted to be more than friends. And I just really appreciated his friendship. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm being honest with you. Um, let's hang out, but if it's too hard for you. And we kept hanging out. And, and you know, in hindsight, I, it was probably very painful uh, for the both of us in the long was run. Was he as buff as Jacob? He was not. He was okay. Not. Well, there you go. That, do you think that would have changed things had he looked like Jacob Black? Um, no, because I just was just dating his have best friend. And it was, not, it was not a good idea. Got it. Got yeah. it. I, think, I think there is a difference, though, in, in terms of, you know, yeah, it might have been painful for that guy. But I feel like the clarification of... I'm not going to be into you that way. And if this is too difficult for you, we should not hang out together. I think that makes all the difference. You make a good point. Bella was like, I know this is hard for you, but I really don't want you to go anywhere else. I want you to be around me all the time. And that's what I had a problem with. Yeah. If If she had said... Look, I get, I get it, Jacob. This is hard for you, but it's just not going to be that way. Maybe we shouldn't hang out for a while. That I would have felt differently, but she was very selfish in that regard. The, and I think you were not. The line that you guys touched on um, in an earlier podcast uh, was, don't make me choose because it's not a choice. Don't make me choose because I'll choose Edward. That's just good writing. I, I will. It is good for a teenage girl. That What she is saying is, don't put me in the position of rubbing it in your face that it's not you don't make me choose i yeah. made my choice winky winky but don't make me be a dick we i'm trying to i'm trying to be nice but you're totally right communication is key but it is good to have your your point of view from that what she's saying is don't put me in that position mm-hmm. well that was that was my main question uh thanks folks uh no um <laughs> my question is why just why? Just why? Why? Why is anything in this movie? No, but for real, like, what? What is the? I guess you kind of answered it because it's about that sort of having that chivalrous gentleman. It's my why isn't even necessarily about Edward. Like, why team Edward? It, it's sort of just what's the appeal? Like, what do you think is the grand appeal? Because we tried to put ourselves in like we clearly are not the demographic mm-hmm. for it, but but we tried to be super open minded, and there was a lot of stuff that we really liked. There was a lot of great sort mm-hmm. of chestnuts within there that that we found. But there was a lot that, I'll now just speak for myself, there was a lot where I was like, but was this awesome? Like, mm-hmm. what, what was it that was so appealing 
And again, you answered it a little bit, but can you just kind of sure. explore that more for us? So for anybody who doesn't know, the term Mary Sue, I just learned this. It came from the 70s. It came from a mocking, facetious fan fiction about Star Trek. And it was about how Lieutenant Mary Sue saved the entire, you know, fleet and everybody else was was failing and getting sick. And she had to die tragically. And everyone just looked up to her and she was just so nice. And anyway, it, it morphed into this, you know, a person who is flawless, a person who can do no wrong, who can do no wrong, who everybody likes. You know, there's a love triangle. She's really she's popular at school. This is muted a little bit, but it's in the circles at the time. It was like, no, you guys are just copping out. Um, she's a little bit clumsy, which you guys said you thought uh, Kristen Stewart did, oh, a, yeah. did a fake <laughs> fall and they kept it in. They absolutely did not. It is a character trait that she is clumsy. Oh, really? And that was paid off because at the end, um, that's why her mom mom believed that her freaking broken leg and bitten tooth mark arm was because she's such a klutz. She slipped down <laughs> oh, the stairs and she fell. That makes a lot Bella. more sense now, huh? So, the, the, and that's a trope now in fan fiction. You yeah. know, you're perfect and beautiful and everybody loves you, but you're a little clumsy. And like you know this. how to do everything. You know how to fix everything. Yes. Your Ray from Star Wars The Force Awakens has uh, been called out a lot okay. for being a Mary Sue. I'm glad you finished that sentence with has been called out a lot. Not by me. Who loves her? Right? No, I, I think Ray's great. I think I I enjoy her legitimately and great. I went into that movie uh, questioning whether or not they were going to create any new long-lasting characters in the way that the Skywalkers mm. and the Solos and the Leias but they absolutely did. Honestly, with the, that main trio of characters with Ray, with Finn, and with Poe, all great. Every time I go on the Star Wars ride at Disneyland, every time Poe Dameron shows up on that screen, mm. my heart goes to flutter mm. a little bit. When Finn shows up on that screen, I'm like, awesome. Like, mm-hmm. that's great. I get excited. And half the time, the the people in the car with you cheer, mm-hmm. uh, or in the spaceship with you, mm-hmm. cheer as you're on your trip to Indoor or whatever. But no, I don't think, I don't myself say that Ray is a Mary Sue, but she's been called that before. So you're saying Edward's a Mary Sue, because honestly, I feel like Bella is the anti-Mary Sue. I wonder how women feel about her. Is she just a cipher? To go back to my everything's a cipher theory, but is she just like a cipher for women because she is such a non-character for a lot of these? Or is it or is it insulting to you that she is clumsy, that she brings nothing to the table, that she's not interesting, she doesn't really have much of a personality? There are so many think pieces on Mary Sue's are bad, Mary Sue's are boring, don't write a Mary Sue, how do I not write a Mary Sue? <laughs> and and recently there have been more hot takes that I appreciate. You know, it's, there's something for everybody. And it, it's like you said, it's when you are a blank canvas, you can project yourself onto it and, and it, we can all see ourselves in her. I wasn't clumsy, but I'm other awkward things. And so she was... So you're was saying right. I was right. Exactly. She is a cipher. Exactly. <laughs> no, Take that, no, Sebastian. But she is... Well done. Well played. <laughs> it's all paid off. Mm-hmm. But you are... I just want to be clear. You are saying that she is the Mary Sue. Yes. Not that Edward is the Yes. Mary. Oh, okay. Because you were... The way you were making it sound, I thought that because Edward is super popular, the guys want to be him... The women want to be with him. He's got the cool car, the cool clothes, and everything. I thought that Edward was the Mary Sue in this situation. 
Because Bella, what makes her Mary Sueish in your eyes? Because she doesn't, she is always the problem. She's never the solution. Yeah. And I always think that at least maybe I have a different, a skewed version of what a Mary Sue is. But I thought a Mary Sue was supposed to be the solution all the time. And that's the problem with a Mary Sue is because she's always right. And she always knows the answers to everything. She doesn't, she doesn't drive the plot. The plot happens to her. She is in distress. She's the damsel. You know, it's. She's not the agent of change for things, and that's that's a good. I like those stories too. I would uh, I would watch those, but it's junk food, and I, I liked projecting myself. And I remember, gosh, watching it. Even though I watched it when I was older than than the demographic, it just took me to a place. And rewatching it, it I was like, this is going to be cheesy. I, I sold. I did a Marie Kondoing of my own a couple of years <laughs> back, and I I gave away my Twilight shirt. I gave away my Twilight books. Aww. And I kind of was like that uh, locking this piece of my past i'm older now i'm in a different phase of my of my adulthood and watching it again just unlocked it all i was so and giddy. you immediately regretted getting rid of those books i was, I was, I was actually gonna, gonna go ask back. you to bring the first one because i kind of want to read it but i wanted to look i couldn't remember if there were the 30 pages missing in uh, in new moon oh right yeah, i don't recall that. that yeah I, um, I feel like i heard somebody tell me about that and i think we even said and during the podcast that i could be wrong that's just something that i remembered uh, because I thought when we saw a new moon, I think I was talking to again. I saw it in the theater, and with the people that were there, I think a couple had read the books, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, how about that shot where they like swerve around or like?" I thought it was sort of masturbatory, I guess you could say, but uh, it's a cool shot and it's effective and it gets across a, a story and it's certainly more deft than other moments in this series, mm-hmm. but. It was then that I seemed to recall somebody saying, oh, yeah, there's like a section of the book with a bunch of pages missing. And and honestly, that's a neat literary device. I know that there are some times when that's done in screenplays. Uh, Apparently, they do that in the Quiet Place script quite a bit. Hmm. They did that in 2001 Space Odyssey, uh, where they will leave pages blank, pages that are just purely visual cinematic moments where it's like, Apparently, they left several pages blank and then just put one sentence on a page, which was the ship docks, and that's it. So it's interesting how you can make something bigger or smaller, depending on that. Obviously, we know that... What's that? Playing with time. Exactly, yeah. We know that the scene is like five minutes long, Mm. but we don't... It's not like meticulously planned out. Mm. So anyhow, I thought that was an interesting device if they did indeed Mm. use it. I'd be interested to see it on Kindle. Like, are you just swiping through a bunch of empty pages for, like, ten minutes and finally get to something? It's a neat thing. Who knows? Let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah. I I have a question about the books, actually. That reminded me of it because I was curious if the books are written from her point of view. Like, is she, is it all in first person? And is she actually just, like, writing in a journal? Or is it just sort of, she's telling this story? Yes, she's telling the story, um, except for Breaking, I think Breaking Dawn is the only exception where there's uh, the three acts of the book. The middle act, because Bella is... Yeah. Uh, is told from Jacob's perspective. Yeah, I thought that was cool in the last movie where we actually go and have some privileged scenes with Jacob mm-hmm. just because it's a break from the Bella Fest that mm-hmm. the series is. So that was nice. I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the only other time we see people by themselves in these movies is if Bella's on the phone with them. We see right. her dad at some points and uh, what's his name? Edward at certain points. So Lauren, obviously you've been listening to our podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you for listening. I appreciate it. What have you got for us? Oh. How Do you want to like... I know you've been sort of correcting us throughout. I want to know what else. Did anything just piss you off? Did anything, did you just vehemently disagree with anything? Did you want to just punch us in the face at any no, point? No, not at all. I'm just I'm just so happy you guys. I, I took you to task on the things that I think uh, you needed to know. 
Um, I'm just happy that you're out here bringing some positivity. Don't we? Don't we need it now in this? Yeah. In this day we sure age? do. Yeah. We sure do. And this is a series that I would have never guessed that I would have wanted to revisit. <laughs> and I'm honestly glad I did. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really fun. I'm glad that we did it. I think for many reasons, I'm glad that we did it. Uh, one, it was just fun to watch with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I have always loved uh, vampires and werewolves. And I like high school stories. I like the heightened uh, mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. of high school because I, I think I mentioned this before but high school feels that way like, mm-hmm. you know and a lot of times people kind of diminish that as they get older or dismiss it but the truth is things are very intense when you're in high oh, school yeah. um, so I really enjoy those I enjoyed seeing all of those things together and I'm always curious to see what people will do with those different mythologies because every movie and every story has a little bit different take on a vampire or werewolf or whatever so it was really fun but mainly to your point of like it's easy to make fun of things and Clearly, there are a lot of people that really like these movies and these books. And to just sort of throw it all out the window and be like, oh, well, they're dumb or they're silly or these books are stupid or whatever is, I think, not paying enough mm-hmm. to the people that like it. Not even necessarily just Stephanie Meyer, although that's a thing, too, but to the people that truly enjoy it. And you kind of made the the comment that there's something for everyone. And so much of this stuff is subjective. And it may not be the thing for me and John necessarily, but it's a thing for you and it's mm-hmm. a thing for all these other people. And I think that's worth paying respect to and, and enjoying, like maybe we can all find things to enjoy in some of these. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And it paved the way for some, like uh, Harry Potter obviously paved the way for, you know, b- fantasy novels and, and kids growing up and with a love for reading. But this really paved the way for Divergent, for Maze Runner, for mm. the YA, you know, yeah, as a whole. There's, I mean, Which is still, at least in the literary world, yes. still going, right? Oh my goodness, it's huge. But like for me to go into a Borders, RIP, back in the day <laughs> and to f- suddenly see, like it was a joke at first, like a whole shelf of vampire fiction. It's mm. like it's like a punchline. But suddenly to see young adult fantasy, like it's cool now, these things that I read in secret, now they're yeah. for everybody. And it encourages more authors you know to write more things about it it encourages bigger budgets uh whether or not i loved the divergent and uh, maze runner series <laughs> yeah. is, is uh you know but you're totally right story. It, it blew the doors off mm. for these types of stories yeah so and I open up a new world of yeah like you said readers uh, a lot of younger people coming in and reading and uh stories about as i've said before when we were discussing the fact that no female directors have been on this but it's stories by women for women mm-hmm. and i think it's totally true what you said it emboldened a lot of young writers to come up on their own because I feel like this, in a way, this this probably sounds like I'm making a slight towards the books, which I haven't read, but I feel like these books were written in such a way where it felt all of a sudden accessible Absolutely. to kids where it's like, I could do that. Absolutely. That's how I felt when I watched Kevin Smith movies for the first time. I was like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Mm-hmm. When I watched Clerks, obviously, I haven't done that. <laughs> but that was the sort of thing that an average Joe could do an average Joe could make a good movie, and that really inspired me. And I'm, it's really heartening to hear that this inspired many other people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it inspired you to pick up a pen mm-hmm. or pick up a laptop and mm-hmm. get to writing. So mm-hmm. uh, now I have one final question for you, or actually two final questions. In the Twilight series, what is your favorite book? What is your favorite movie, and why? Uh, my favorite book is Twilight. It ju- it kicks it off. It's the first one. It sets the scene for everything. Um, the pining is there, and like Sebastian said, it's 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 high school. It's how I felt. It, it's boring re- and repetitive. Guess what? That's high school, baby. Um, <laughs> movie, movie. That's tough. I don't want to cop out and say Twilight again because it was exactly. No, you, you uh, totally can. It was. It was. I think Catherine Hardwick did a great job. I think she brought 
Um, I don't know if you've played Life is Strange. It's a delightful video game. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. it is about high school. It, is, it has indie music just like this and Supernatural. Highly recommend it. Um, but I, it had that feel of these are the indie songs that we listen to. This is what you do between classes. Yeah, I, I think I think it's Twilight for both of those. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. How about you, Sebastian? Oh, gosh. Well, I haven't read the books. Well, obviously, we're just talking about the movies because... <laughs> I think... Probably Breaking Dawn Part One was my favorite movie. Wow! Because it was so bonkers. What did it I was, say? Hashtag uh, bonkier. Bonkier. It was yeah. hashtag bonkier. It was hashtag bonkier. <laughs> and having seen all of them, I'd say it was hashtag bonkiest. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was definitely the bonkiest of all the movies. So it was, and I I don't mean this in a you know a disparaging way, but it was it was the most entertaining for me. Hmm. And I kind of thought all the movies were going to be that way. I thought they were all going to be very kind of Wacky. over the top and bizarre. And, yeah. And, and that that would be fun to, for us to watch. Because um, I do enjoy that. I enjoy mm. seeing that stuff. I appreciate that for what it is. But the other movies uh, didn't resonate with me quite as much. But that one, I thoroughly was entertained the entire yeah. time. And I was also repulsed like when she mm-hmm. all that body horror stuff definitely got me so there's i felt a lot of different things watching that movie they went like full cronenberg with it uh well for myself i think my favorite film is new moon so we all have different ones mm-hmm. uh, i think me having seen that in the theater and having that theater experience with it really does affect my opinion of it because mm-hmm. i remember seeing some of those shots on the big screen it's a very beautifully shot mm-hmm. movie uh, but it's also the the most, in my opinion, you could argue the very first one is the most character-driven. But in, I think that one was the most character-driven of all five movies. And that's why I liked it. I'm still, uh, part of my heart wants to be Team Jacob mm-hmm. because I just loved that kid from the second movie. Mm-hmm. He was so sweet and kind. And maybe I just fancy myself more of a Jacob. I'm so not an Edward. I was never <laughs> popular. I was never the cool kid. I never had the cool car, the cool look. Uh, Jacob I could relate to. Like... He was just, even though he obviously super buff and super handsome, but just like which, which I never was, <laughs> but he just felt like a real kid, at least for that movie. This is before everything got quite so heightened and quite so plot heavy and, and he had to be a jerk and everything. It just felt like I related to that kid pining for the girl. And that That's is fair. something that I definitely sure. went through in, in high school. That's your demographic right there. Exactly. And, and yeah, that totally is me just being no, a, a boy like and a, that's how i look at things but mm-hmm. uh but yeah i really like that i really like the way that movie was shot i think it's one of the better directed of the entries and uh just team jacob baby nice. team jacob all the way mm-hmm. so thank you so much for having this conversation with us thank you for taking the time out to not only watch all five movies it seems like you had an enjoyment i did found some enjoyment revisiting them but thank you for so much for enlightening us and letting us know where we went wrong what we had right I feel partially vindicated and also partially embarrassed by the amount of stuff I had wrong. Sure, so no, I'm I myself am I'm worried that some of our Twilight Hard listeners are going to be like Lauren got this wrong. She got she didn't represent. <laughs> hey, lay off Lauren. She right. does her best. She's doing good. She watched all the movies, and uh, we really appreciate you. But what did you guys think? Should we imprint on this movie or should we rip its head off? <laughs> let us know. Uh, you can let us know by. Uh, sending us a Gmail at hwigpodcast at gmail.com or... You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at hwigpodcast. And we also have a Facebook page now. Yeah, facebook.com backslash hwigpodcast. You can also like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean and wherever you find your podcast. Lauren Kitsune, uh, where can we find you? 
Uh, you can find me on DeviantArt on Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, what's I'm your Twitter? Those. Give us your handles. It's all. It's all Lauren Katsune, like the fox. Like the fox. Like the Japanese fox? Yes, sir. All right. Lauren, again, it's been such a great pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time with us. Happy to be and here. And thank you, everyone, for sitting with us for this mega episode. <laughs> and thank you so much for sitting with us through five, count them, five installments of the Twilight series. We got some listener requests coming up. For our next few episodes, really looking forward to those. But we will be back with you next week to take what you hate and tell you why it's great on Here's Why It's Great. Thank you so much for listening. I'm John Bring. And I'm Sebastian Kavlicek. And I'm Lauren Katune. And we will see you next time on Here's Why It's Great. becomes you.